ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry for laughing. My name is Sean, and you have uh, found yourself listening to the greatest podcast in the world. Uh, that's about video games. This is Weekly Games Chat. It is episode number 417. Uh, and I'm also here, of course, with two of my friends, Chris and John. We'll intro them in just a second. Uh, just a reminder, if you wanted to watch this train wreck of a hot mess uh, be recorded every week, you could. Twitch.tv, and all you have to do is search for Weekly Games Chat, and then we will see your name and all the stuff you talk about us, if you choose to do so. Uh, but again, without further ado, let's bring the boys on. Um, I always like his Cuphead shirt, and today he's wearing it again. John, hello, good sir. It is nice to see you. Hello, Sean. Hello, Chris. Uh, guys, I have the uh, greatest idea. been pondering it for months now of what incentive we should offer to any Patreon subscribers we get. Yeah. Well, here's your bonus. You subscribe to the podcast. Here's your bonus. Um, that bonus is you get a weekly viewing of what Sean looks like when he walks into the room after having left the place where he works, <laughs> having been forced to go back into the office, by the way, the look on his face as he comes, as he comes in to his, his, his podcast, oh. his recording room and watch him get set up. This is everything from week to week. It's going to be different. It's going to be him coming in, slamming stuff. It's got him going to be coming in, ready to off himself because he's mad at the world. He just, he just looks like a guy who, hates, I just had enough. I just had enough podcasts. <laughs> he hates podcasts and he hates you, ladies and gentlemen. He looks like that when he comes in, that is far from the truth. But the look, because, because, you know, as Chris reminded me, that is a hike from where you work to getting to your house at five o'clock. Yeah. Uh, it sure is. And today I left later than normal because oh. I had, uh, you know, let's make it real fun. I had reporting to do, oh. Chris. So today to was you. his reporting face. <laughs> today was you are going to report numbers that they know you did to report. <laughs> so it's called validate and make sure you send to the right people. Because that's always fun when you send it to Jimmy Johnson and you're supposed to send it to Jimmy... Uh, James <laughs> or something like that, you know, but Chris, uh, as, as I'm reading chat, they're talking about things that are funny. Mm -hmm. Only feet, only feet. What up Napoleon? We, and see, ladies and gentlemen, if you say stuff funny on Twitch, we'll get to call your name out and you'll know we're talking to you directly. How cool is that? But Chris, how are you doing? Did you have any reports that you ran today? I'm on PTO this week. That's right. Because Starfield, that's right. Yeah. Chris is like, cuss word, work. Yeah, but <laughs> to be fair, I did have to wake up Friday, which was technically my first day of PTO. And, and do my part, because there are certain things that people just can't really do because they don't have the access I have and things like that. And it needs to be done. And because I'm off all this week, it can't wait till like the middle of the month. So I had to get on make sure those were out. But after Question. that, I was off. Question. Mm -hmm. What is PTO? <laughs> well, that's funny because 
you're I don't know if you know this, but you're kind of known as PTO John on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that thing where you went to Disney. And there's also this was going to be a surprise, but there's T-shirts that have just an image of Olive Garden breadsticks on them. <laughs> that we're going to sell because that's your merch. You have merch. We're going to put a T-shirt out of the PTO calendar, and it's just going to have so many days blocked by John. (laughs) There are no slots left. that's funny. That's funny. John, John, right now you could see John pouring his diet, Dr. Pepper. That's patented, John. Uh, You couldn't see me, but I did pour a Coke Zero. That's my drink of choice these days. Chris has got a Pepsi Zero. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Have you... Have you noticed, and this is always true with Pepsi or Coke, mm. Pepsi's always a little sweeter, even on their zero versions. I don't know if you've caught that. I agree. Uh, but la- ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time kind of hanging out with us, and you're like, what or, what, or, what did I what stumble this? into? Well, this is, this is, is the this intro crap? part of the show. We kind of are just hanging out. We're getting a feel for each other. We're getting a feel for the conversation. I move my hands a lot on camera. No, John, you my- can't. No, no. We talked about this. <laughs> John, what did he do? Oh no! Sorry. Oh no! Uh, he's he actually slim slim Timmy. Fun fact: he might. I think he thinks he's from the north. Uh it's weird with Maryland. See, see, yeah, there it is. Maryland. I, he does, but at this point, I've lived in the South way longer, so I, I really isn't have that funny time. when you yeah when you reach that threshold. It's weird. What, yeah, I don't know what I've, day I finally decided that I was a Southerner and not a Northerner anymore. Right. When you like, became a Bama fan. I was thinking point. of that's also, ladies and gentlemen, hold on to that lead in because that's fantastic. But um I was also I think like I think like that, like when am I gonna officially be an Alabama in like person that lives in Alabama? Yeah, because you live Versus, over here a good bit. Yeah, it's I'm not quite there yet, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. And since Timmy said roll tide and John brought up Alabama, we'll we'll go a little bit further into the intros and we'll bring kind of an intro topic like we always do. And uh, Chris is doing the dance. And I think his topic this week was simply uh, Texas hate week. Yes. Every, (laughs) every freaking time, (laughs) every time people want to say Texas is back, Texas is not back. Once again, they're going to find out they're going to come in. I've seen it so many times. They're going to come to Tuscaloosa. They're going to, pound their chest they'll probably have a really good first drive that first drive Quinn Ewers will be the god of Texas football and it'll be Vince Young the second and you know what's going to happen Sean Jalen Milrow is going to come in and he's going to pound them just pound them right up the middle in their backside. <laughs> Are we still talking about football? <laughs> and when he's done pounding them, he's going to give it <laughs> to our running backs. We'll continue to pound it to him. And Steve Sarkeesian is going to rule the day. He decides to stop being Nick Saban's OC and hair parent to go to Texas Longhorns in Austin, Texas. No one likes them. Their orange is uglier than Tennessee, and that's a hard thing to freaking accomplish. They haven't been equivalent to anything in, what, 15 years now. No one thinks they're good. They're going to blow it again. They'll have, even if they have a good game against us, they'll find a way to blow it. And you know what they're going to do after that? They're going to blow the easiest conference probably this year in the Big 12 because they're just not that good. So we're pounding and blowing this weekend. (laughs) 
football. <laughs> I just, it's, I gotta be honest. I love, I love fired up Chris. I hate, I Texas. really do. <laughs> I hate Texas fans. I hate when they tried to, when they tried to buy our head coach from us after he'd already won two national championships with us. No. True. I, they I do got that. a lot of money in Texas. They thought they could stop they our really, Heisman winning quarterback last year. What happened? They didn't. Yeah. Kind of. They did. Uh, no, they didn't. But if, if you want to see the home of where like everybody who lives in Texas streams, that's Twitch. So if you want to see us once again on Twitch, all you got to do is uh, search for weekly games chat. And you can see Chris on the replay and the energy he just had for his love of Texas. <laughs> Hate <laughs> uh, Texas. The football talk doesn't stop. And surprisingly, it's not going to pivot to me next. It's oh. going to pivot to John. He's going to talk about he's going to talk about another school question that didn't show up this week in TCU and and how Colorado is now the number one team in the country. John, Mm. well, if you looked at the Internet, oh, no doubt you would think that Deion Sanders single handedly, well, with his son, won the national title on Saturday. And I think I think there were a lot of people looking at this game. I watched the whole thing because I wanted TCU to beat the living snot out of Colorado. And it has it has nothing to do with the kids. I just hate this guy. I've always hated this guy. I've hated this guy on the, the on the day I saw him being drafted. He was he was he was the day he was drafted into the NFL before they were making the announcement. You could you could go look at the footage. He's like, I'm gonna get my money. I'm going to get my money. I'm like, this guy is not, he's not my kind of athlete. He's never going to be my kind of athlete. He's not my kind of guy. You like more of a humble, non-braggadocious kind of. Honestly, I like a Nick Saban. (laughs) Oh, that, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) The guy doesn't, I mean, as far as somebody who's not braggadocious, Mm -hmm. he's less braggadocious than Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart's not very braggadocious either. True. It's just sort of a res- sort of a reserved nature to him, but the way everybody was talking, you think he won the national title because he beat the team that went up against Georgia last year, and it's like people are just losing their minds over this. And what I saw on Saturday was a was a touchdown contest. That's all it was. Big twelve played by two teams with weak defenses. I mean, that's, that's the way fair. it looked to me. Yeah, yeah except and for the Big 12. Except it didn't for the look like the clash of the <laughs> of great titans. I just, I was like, you guys, you, you, you guys are acting like he's had the test. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's smooth sailing. He's gonna get. He's gonna win a division title or something like that. I'm like, what? What's going on here? I mean, you, I think well, you recruited 80 players, dumped a bunch of your players into the. In, into the into the portal last year. Yeah. I mean, you manufactured this team. You didn't coach them. You picked who you wanted. You didn't bring them up. This is not this is not the success story I think people are gonna say it is. Am I biased? You betcha. Because <laughs> you're a go dog and you're like no, it's not a, it's not a dog. Well, I, oh I think on one hand you're like, hey, 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 before you can be the man, you gotta beat the man, right? You, well, you're going for a three-peat right now, and you don't want to hear all this chatter about these other teams. I get it. I have some uh, some personal experience with a guy that I won't talk about on the show. Uh, but at the same time, like I almost got into a fight with him. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like hand-to-hand combat? You're like like Burt Reynolds. That's a good shout back. But, nice. Nice. But uh, he was doing an interview with somebody a, couple, a few months back. Um, and the guy, the interviewee called him Dion. And he said, uh, he, he stopped the interview dead in its tracks. It was in, it, it was in a nice flow and he just stopped it. He didn't, he didn't just let it go and move on. He, he stopped it and said, it's coach prime. I, you're going to have to call me coach prime. Mm. Do you call Nick Saban, Nick? And the guy just completely cowered. And I mean, had it been me, I'd have been like, well, Dion win five national titles and I'll call you coach prime. I mean, I mean, it's, it's just like the media's scared of him. The media is just like, they're just cowering before this guy. You would think that, that, that this quarterback should be on the cover of Madden NFL next year. And they're always, I mean, they're, they're already writing his destiny. It's just so annoying. Well, the way I look at it too, and and look, man, if you're in the media and you happen to hear this, y'all, you're hungry for a story. Sure. And you're going to be the first one to, as you build somebody up, break them down. Exactly. And that's what you do because you know that's the clickbait and that's the news. And that I think that's the actual tragedy. Um, I Because I do think, you know, I, there are going to be people who would come back and be like, we love his attitude. We love prime time, if you will. Uh, and to kind of go to your point, he even shut down Patrick Mahomes, Pat Mahomes on Twitter. And that's a Super Bowl winning quarterback who called him. He was giving him a compliment. He said it was amazing what Dion and the Buffaloes did or something like that. And Dion Sanders came up and was like, it's Coach Prime, Pat. And he put it in air quotes. And I thought that was kind of tacky. Um, he's got talent and he's a winner. He tries to do, but he's very braggadocious. I kind of would hope he wasn't like, that as much but in his mind it's him against the world it's the buffaloes against the world yeah he he um, uses it for motivation he, dude those guys they they find a way to get a chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. and even though you mentioned a nick saban or a kirby smart you don't see the chip as much as you see a Deion sanders's chip um but i'm i'm like you i'm like they beat tcu who didn't have their quarterback from because he's year. gone yeah uh I mean, the we're just kind of different. Like this was the TCU from last year. I mean, this yeah. isn't even yeah. the Georgia from last year. Well, no. I was going to say, and it's funny because on the same hand, if we're comparing apples to apples from the teams that played in the national championship, yeah. they were quick to glorify the California, the Colorado win against TCU, but also jump on the bandwagon of, oh, what's wrong with Georgia? They didn't beat their team 74 to nothing. And it's like, what? Yeah. They still won by a large margin. Like, mm-hmm. what's happening? And that's what the media will do. That kind I, of sucks. Well, I think the other side that played into it was, to the credit of uh, of Colorado and Coach Prime, whatever the heck you want to call him, um, <clears throat> you know, that was a team that won a game last year. And no team that has ever won just one game the previous year has ever gone in and faced a as a 20 point underdog gone on the road to beat a ranked team let alone team that was in the national championship last year right like so it wasn't that you know i think if you ask everyone who's an actual expert of college football no colorado had a lot of issues that you could see glaring uh same with tcu honestly right in that game 
to say, do they look like a team that looks like they're national championship ready? The one I keep hearing that got the most bump this week was Florida State. Everyone's now looking at Florida State going, is that a team yeah. that can win a national championship, right? Yeah. So we'll see if that holds true. But I, I just think it's, you know, the to his credit, the one thing that Dion does is he knows how to take attention and use it to what he needs for, which is he is trying uh, to recruit the players of the future to build that program. And also, yeah. I mean, think about it to Chris's point. Yeah. We talk like people that talked about sports, ESPN, mm-hmm. even they paid attention to Jackson State because yeah. Dion built that program up and they were winners. So it, the like that, I think the reason that people are gravitating towards it is because Colorado won one game last mm-hmm. year, right? They, they were abysmal. They hired Dion. Dion brings his his son, his other son, and the star player uh, uh, Hunter Travis Hunter that can play both. Travis Hunter's amazing. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden it's like people are gone. They're getting kicked off the program. Then it comes out and they showed it on game day the other day. They showed this like roster, and on that roster there's like black lines through everybody's names, but like four, and they're highlighting the turnover and can he possibly climb this mountain? And that's all they need. There's someone like Prime who uh, they absorb the negative energy to build what they need to do to succeed. Yeah. Man, that feel. You should have seen. I'm sure you did. That's where all this is coming from, too. The the post-game stuff. It's like fired up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But I still. He's got to go to Nebraska think, this week. <laughs> I still think, let's say by some miracle, Colorado plays Georgia. That game would be, I think it would be an ugly ball game. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even, I'm sorry, anybody from Colorado Colorado listens to us, but just, you got to understand, and I'm not saying it's because it's SEC. Kirby's been in that program. He's established, you know. I'm, 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 look, I'm not a Georgia fan, right? But, like, they got, it's legit. <laughs> They're going for a three-peat. I will, so, I, I mean, he probably has a better roster in this team, but I will not be surprised if this weekend they go play Nebraska, who is also trying to do what Colorado is and like recover, yeah, kind of a rebuild. Yeah, get back to national prominence after like 20 years of wilderness. And I think of another great head coach who's shown things before that is more silent. Luke Fickle is the new head coach there. I could easily see them going to Dude. town to him and Luke Fickle being like, I've been preparing for this game and I'm going to make sure my team is ready. And you yeah, it sucks that they on TCU Nebraska lost that first game. Cause that would have yeah, been a, cause it was Minnesota, little hype story. So, I mean, it yeah. wasn't, I mean, it was a last second field goal. It was yeah, whatever, but it would have been a better, you know, I was talking earlier about media storylines. If an sure. undefeated Nebraska versus Colorado. Sure. Um, I can't, I can't wait for Oregon. <laughs> oh, Oregon will probably destroy yeah. them. Old Bo Nix. Everyone's favorite player. Heisman Trophy the- winner, <laughs> Bo Nix. <laughs> for, the, for the record, and anybody who listens, uh, the way this roundtable lines up from our fan allegiance, all three of us dislike Auburn athletics, like football. So the funniness is we also have a friend who's a diehard Auburn fan who was happy to let Bo Nix go. Yeah. Right? When Bo Nix transferred, Chris predicted that Bo Nix was going to win the Heisman. <laughs> and Bo Nix... Looks amazing. Only so only scored eighty points this week. <laughs> it's it's fine. Don't worry about it. 
Um, but uncharacteristically of myself, mm-hmm. I'll pivot to what I'm bringing to the show this week, and it's oh. kind of a follow-up. Uh, I'm not the first one on this show to do this. Um, but I titled it Chicken on the Barbie just to throw the boys off. It did remind me when I titled it that, that I really want to go to Outback because chicken at, on the Barbie at Outback restaurant is delicious. But it has more to do with uh, Barbie the movie. Oh. Um, so uh, Tinley has been wanting to go. And uh, she got braces and couldn't go and popcorn and the whole deal that I've talked about before. Well, finally, we decided to go. Uh, she's found a way to eat popcorn through braces. So I was like, hey, does this, does this mean we can go watch your Barbie movie? She gets excited and and we go. And I literally have no idea what I'm going to go watch. Uh, whatever it is, I can tell you this. It was not in my head what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. And I have a confession to make. I cried during Barbie the movie. Like, legitimate emotional tears uh and the movie was great <laughs> you're ken enough uh, now buddy you're ken enough huh you're ken I'm enough ken. <laughs> i, just want I you wish know. right now i remembered the name of his house mojo that would dojo be the name casa of my, house mojo mojo dojo casa house <laughs> uh so I, i'm gonna put this psa out there to all the dads who have uh kids uh, especially you'll line up great if you've got like a daughter, but if they want to go see it, go with them. And uh, if you have a heart, you'll cry. If you don't have a heart, then you won't cry. The pass is given to Chris. You know, obviously we, we joked with him. He went and saw it because he wanted to do the Barbenheimer weekend. Yeah. But Chris said it was good and I didn't doubt him, but I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. Yeah. It wasn't for me, but it wasn't still- for me was yeah. fantastic yeah. so there you go the homie went to the movie theaters uh brave in the world that has COVID in it again uh ate popcorn and watched barbie <laughs> <laughs> oh and then i went and spent uh by the way if your kid happens to like taylor swift and has a oh, no. sudden urgency to buy everything on record <laughs> on vinyl that was negative a hundred dollars <laughs> to the account after the movie theater so that was fun but yeah there it is. This weekend was full of football and Barbie from the boys here at Weekly Games Chat. But next week, it'll probably still be full of football, but we'll see what else is brought in sure. to the table. Uh, you guys good right there on the intro? You ready to kind of get into the meat and potatoes of, of this whole deal? Everybody- Chris, Chris, can you edit out the whole Barbie stuff? <laughs> you mean the number one grossing movie of the year, Barbie? That one. The emotional part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please do that, Chris. Can I, I, can, can I ask I you one question? Because me, I yeah, because I haven't been able to really ask this of anyone like who's seen the movie. But you yeah. know, Will Ferrell's in it, right? Mm-hmm. I love Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was doing in this movie. It's like the <laughs> one part I didn't like about that movie is Will Ferrell. Yeah, it it was. It almost, you know, what it was. It's almost like the Will Ferrell we 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 love didn't fit. Yeah, even it, though there was like a bunch they of tacked it in or something. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It was very hodgepodge. It was very. Mm-hmm. He was the board director of Mattel. Is that he was, was the yeah. board director of Mattel? But and he and all those I, board members were men. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The actual board is forty percent women. Yes, that's a joke. Interesting. 
Yeah. There's yeah, there's a yeah, all that ties in. I don't you're good at spoiling movies and shows. I don't want to spoil the movie because it's but still it, out. it's more it's more so um it's more so spoil this cuss word you said. <laughs> I, I I'd say it's not so much Will Ferrell. Like if it just in the one scene, I think it would have fit. But like they kept bringing him back and you'd be like, Oh yeah, they're in this movie is what it felt like to me. Yeah. After the initial glimpse of them. Mm-hmm. then there's the thing that happens and then that kind of they i didn't find it yeah. needed at all no. like at all it's like the one thing i woke so, up from the movie yeah and i think it was weird because it's will ferrell being will ferrell yeah and it just didn't fit in this case correct plus he's looking i am be honest he's looking a little old and it's kind of making me sad he is in his 50s because everybody we everybody we like is getting older and by the way rest in peace to jimmy buffett yeah. Uh it'd be cool if we could play a tease of Margaritaville or something, but sorry. You know, copyright DMCA stuff. We can't. Um I did see something cool. Ca- and this oh. is so weird to me, but I get it. After someone passes away, it's not uncommon for their songs that they're known for to shoot up like on the iTunes charts or on the YouTube views and whatnot. But <clears throat> instead, uh, like, margarita sales shot up. 900 percent this weekend i still need to make that margarita over there oh there you go uh think it's a good idea not Question. on your current situation <laughs> <laughs> what's up john you're just Who's doing jimmy questions. buffett <laughs> good point he does like a good cheeseburger in paradise buddy also no, it's funny i was at we had lunch at margaritaville while we were in orlando this year yeah. Um I love their food. It's good. Love food. their t shirts even more. Love good t shirts, yeah. Yeah. But uh my dad used to play Margaritaville, ironically, if you know my dad. He, he used to play that drink. song in the car. Fifty percent of the time he was playing music in the car, he was playing Jimmy Buffett. Old parrot head, huh? Mm-hmm. Man was That's worth a... he's worth a billion dollars. Did you know that? I did. Yes. Actually, I think uh, via Chris, I learned that. Josh, I think. I think was, Josh. Yeah, yeah think it was our Josh. friend Josh. Shout out to Josh and his research skills. Nice. Is he like Stat Boy? <laughs> he will give <laughs> you that show stats. on his pen. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, speaking of Josh, that lead singer of Smash Mouth died. Yeah. Josh doesn't like that I continually relate him to Smash Mouth. So that's why I do it. And now that's why it's recorded on a podcast. He would like you to go, but ladies walk and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny ladies and gentlemen uh this has been the intro portion of weekly games chat um it's episode 417 and now we're gonna pivot if you follow this show uh at all you should know what was one of us has at least played so we're gonna pivot into what we're playing and um let's kick it off boys i wish we, I, I am by the way working on that sounder you don't have to make that face i'm working on it I'm going to run it by you boys before I, you know, we run it live because that's what we do. Question. Uh, what's a sounder? <laughs> what are you talking about? So last week, right before we did what we're playing, we did a jingle, an off-the-cuff jingle. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. I wouldn't remember it either. Um, but it's okay. I've, it's okay. I've, I've, I've isolated that audio. Oh. Because you, John, it's not going to be okay right now. Because you have single-handedly asked, where's the music? And that that fired me up a little bit to get a jingle for what we're playing. 
Okay. It, it was going to be a surprise. I've spoiled the surprise, and now you've hit me with a question. question. Just let me know when you got it. Yes, I'm going to yeah. send it to you to send and all that stuff so you can check the levels and do all that stuff. Good deal. But I just, I want it, I want it to be fun. Okay. Because I love you guys. Oh, <laughs> I don't believe that. And plus, it does feel like there's, you know, back in the day, we had the we had the Daft Punk topic time, and then we had the regular little music, and it's kind of a thing that I think the people want. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't even know if people listen to us anymore. It's ridiculous. I need to start dedicating a button for if someone says Daft Punk, it just goes. But yeah, hey, let's see what we're playing. I've got a plethora of things that might surprise you. Hold uh, on, I got a Google plethora. Did I say it right, John? Is that a spot check on how I no, plethora? I got to make sure we plethora. Plethora. See, I, but I've been every time I I incorporate a really big word, you hear this sound from Sean. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so I've been th- I actually was thinking about this last week to incorporate a new word into the podcast every week. That'd be a good bit. Plethora. Plethora kinda- is a large or excessive amount of something. Yeah. Isn't that what you used to call your Richard? <laughs> that was, yes. Sorry, did I take your joke? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Where my mind went to complete the joke, I was like, I shouldn't say that out loud. But I did. <laughs> no, but no. Did. Your your part was fine, but my part would have not been fine. Um, But yeah, let's talk about what we're playing. And look, let's go ahead. Let's go to Ricky Henderson. I mean, he put dedication in. He's wearing his space shirt today. He's the leadoff man. But in today's baseball, you'd want to be more like Acuna from the Braves as a leadoff man because he's legit. Chris no hates way. the Braves, though, so that's that's not a good fit. See? Um, but, yeah, so for the lead-up, we all know Chris was extremely excited to play Starfield. Uh, he loves Bethesda. He loves Todd Howard. He bought the headphones. He bought the uh, controller. He took time off of work. It is a thing he has been waiting to do. Uh, so, uh, I know for a fact he's put in some time. I've kind of seen his play thing happening, his, um, his play thing, like, uh, that's the official term for when you see somebody on discord on what they're playing in Sean's brain, it's called their play thing. Um, now we know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I do see a first time chatter from Altario, by the way, fantastic name. Uh, we'll get to yours in just a moment. Cause that's a good question, but welcome to the, uh, WGC uh, Twitch and family. Uh, hey, since you're new here and to anybody, hit that follow button. We don't technically see it during the recording of the show. Like, you know, it pops up on Twitch. So we're sorry if you if you follow and we miss it, by the way. I don't think we've said that in quite a while. But Chris, um, you go from a deep miner to a, a created mini Chris and you go on a space adventure. So what is your takeaway on the the multitude of hours you've already put in the Starfield, buddy. I can't wait. It's good. John, what have you been to? <laughs> wouldn't that be for the bit? Wouldn't that be funny if we did that? Like, and just left them hanging. <laughs> it's pretty I think good. That would be funny. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Recommend. <laughs> Thumbs 10 up. out of 10. Recommend. All right. And news. <laughs> No, um, I, uh, yeah, I've played, I would probably guess somewhere between 30 and 
40 hours now of Starfield. So just a little bit since Thursday night. <laughs> Didn't play really that much on Saturday because of foosball. Um, but then got right back on Saturday, all Labor Day. I stayed up way too late Monday night and then Penny thinking that was work day. Thought we were on our normal 630 cycle this morning. Uh, I I was able to extend that to about 830, but still got up way too early for today. So I'm a little tired right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm like beginning to hit the wall. I feel like Josh. Um, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, uh, do I like it? Yes. Do I have some, do I have criticism? Sure. And um, do I think it lives up to the hype, I guess? I um, think that varies based on what you're wanting. You're you're muted, by the way, John, with your smart comments. Now you mute you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he knows. I think he knows he was muted. He knew. He's a pro. He knew he was muted. Yeah. That face says it all. <laughs> but anyway, he loves us. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> he's trying to say question, but we can't hear. So, yeah. Oh, he's sorry. trying to say question. Yeah. Sorry. I, by the way, this is another thing. If you wanted to see us on Twitch, muted John is fantastic. Right. Sorry to interrupt that, Chris. You asked yourself three questions. Go ahead and answer those. Hmm? Oh, uh, I said it. <laughs> Did I you said, say yes? I said, does it have, does it, do I think it's good? Yes. Do you like it? Yes. Yeah. Or do I like it? Do I think it's good? Yes. Do no, no, I, no, you, do part I think about living it, up to the hype? I was muted and oh. that went on the derail. You, so I, pre, I prevented I, you from answering your, your own question. I said, uh, I said, basically it probably varies just based on what you're looking for. What's your personal expectation is for me. I would say yes, because the expectation in my mind was a Bethesda game in space, and that's exactly what this feels like. This feels um, really like a studio taking a lot of systems it's developed going all the way back to Morrowind, right, and has worked on those systems and, and put them in different universes, right? Uh, and kind of flesh them out. And some points, I would say, even to a point where some players thought with Fallout 4, they'd gone too simplified with them to to appease the mass audience. So they kind of, seems like they've rolled them back to the more true uh, RPG gameplay elements. And, you know, I think for the most part, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for the Bethesda experience, in space then you will be happy if you're we're looking for something that is a completely open no man's sky or star citizen right that's not what this game is and do you, I, do you think that's the problem for some people it is i mean but i think i think that's a yes in short john yeah. but mm-hmm. i think i and look man uh, you know, part of our stick is we don't like taking up for each other, and mm-hmm. that's the that's the funniness of the show, and blah blah blah. So I'm gonna take up for you a little bit because I think you tried to say, leading up to the game, 
mm-hmm. that you were, and you kind of hinted last week, you're in that space where it's like, it needs to just come out because it's going to, correct. this thing's building up and all of it's these expectations. All, it was like I was watching for it, all these nitpicks of things. I'm like, this does not really matter to the things of people who will probably like this game. It's not going to matter to them because that's not why you play Bethesda games, the kind of things that they were focused on. And that was the point of, and it was like, it's, it's like the thing of like going back to it, to go to the other side, to go to team blue people looking at a puddle in Spider-Man footage and getting outraged of it. That's where it felt like I was like, who the hell plays Spider-Man to look at puddles and cares about puzzle physics and the way puddle, puddle light reflects. No one cares about that when they think about Spider-Man or gang outrage when you play God of War because he's got to go through a little crevine to load the next level, part of the level, right? You know. Oh no, John, it. that's you. Yeah, well, like it, it's <laughs> stuff like that. I'm like, that's that's not what you remember or I mean, play if, the game for. If I could challenge you just a little on that, it's not like Todd Howard came out to advertise Spider-Man and say, you're going to love the puddles. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, I mean, there's a there's a category difference between what Todd Howard says on stage, what from or I tell you, I'll even give you, let's even say he doesn't say that say it verbatim. Mm-hmm. He really gives people the impression when he's giving his presentations that this world they're building was a no man's sky type thing. I, I mean, people so. were generally taken aback when they found out that they simply can't go to a planet. Yeah, or he, land on a planet and traverse the 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 planet itself, which he said on stage, or at least highly alluded to. And when I say highly, I mean he pretty much said it without saying it. Mm-hmm. That you can do all these things that it seemed like the game as a whole isn't living up to certain promises that the players were expecting. And I'm not talking about the fringe people on the internet who hate puddles. Mm. I'm talking about the, the guy, the people who were looking for the, the classic Bethesda formula, but having outgrown the things that people were giving them leeway for, for the Skyrims and the fallouts of the world. Yeah. They're, I mean, the thing I think that Todd Howard does is when he sells a game to people is he talks in generalizations and he's talking big scope and like, you know, when he's saying like, you can live in this world and go do what you want in it. He's not lying when he says those things, right? You can literally go. And if you want to, you can go live the life of a scoundrel that just sits there and goes and, you know, breaks into places, robs people as they want to goes. And if he sees, you know, people jumps into a random uh, place sees a ship there that's innocent and it's cargo people maybe even gets hailed by them. You can just go attack on them, board them, take their ship, do whatever you want with it. Or you could be the person that just does the main story. You could be the person that goes off and only works on things that are designed to build up your ships. Right. And like, that's what you want to do. Like personally for me, I've been living my life in this game as a person that like literally is just being fed so many storylines and I just go to see what's up with these people. And then I get like, I'm thinking maybe it's just going to be like a throwaway, like just a one-off mission. 
and it ends up being like something that goes five, six, seven parts of me going here, here, dressing this and this. I've got to decide how we're going to tackle this as, as a group. Like I had a group of kind of like, I want to say, consider them like the libertarians of space, of this space world where they don't want to be a part of any of the governments. But the result of that is now that they're having to deal with like smugglers who are coming after all their stuff. And like they're trying, but they hate and don't trust each other because they're libertarian. They don't trust anyone. They don't trust any form of, you know, coming together. So like figuring out how to unite and get them to accomplish that stuff. That's the stuff that I love, right, of Bethesda games. And that's what I think if you're going to like this game, you have to go in. If you if you like the quest of Fallout, if you like the quest of, of uh, you know, um, Elder Scrolls, right? You're going to like what's here. The only thing I would say, maybe it would hold you back if you just don't like space games. But if you're someone who wants just pure exploration and things like that, I would say there's another game for you. It's called No Man's Sky. You can go, like, No Man's Sky thing is about what? It's about, whoa, whoa. there's not there's not really much, <laughs> there, there's not uh, much of as far as uh, storytelling. <laughs> Right, like in No Man's Sky, it's about what? It's about making your own experiences. It's like a Minecraft game. The experiences that you make as you live out that world, doing what you want in it, in the randomness of it, that's what makes it exciting. Here, I want it's not that. I, because you brought it up, I, mm. I do want to interject. And this is not... Uh, listeners, we have to understand, I'm going to say this, and I hope Chris knows it's not from a place of attacking Chris. Sometimes all three of us are guilty of if we like a game and anybody says anything to us, it's like they're punching at us or this is not that. This comes from a place of like genuine, like I wish. So I know you brought up like uh, No Man's Sky quite a bit. And unfortunately, uh, for someone who has uh, I've played Skyrim, uh, I tried to play Fallout 76. I wasn't feeling it. But that's kind yeah, of my base in Bethesda, right? And yeah. Skyrim was... Skyrim was amazing. It's documented that everybody in the world has played this game, even babies that are just now being born. They're already playing it when they come except, out. Except for that, John. Yeah, that's how it. That's how it is. But like, okay, cool. But that's the what they do. They can do it good. And you're Correct. you're right. This, if you went into this game with a little bit of uh, expectate expectation of something different, partly maybe that was your fault. But I think there's a lot of truth into what John said about the sale mm-hmm. from Todd Howard and company. But if you kind of if you kind of think about it, and John, I know he has because John is smart. Um, they would be dumb to not sell it the way that they did mm-hmm. because they want to make money. That's that's ultimately what developers care about. Yeah, they they care about video games and experiences, but they wouldn't continually do it if they couldn't make money to do it, right? And I know that there was a passion behind the team on this game for twenty five years or whatever the timeline is. So, my John, can you say question for me? question what i want to know is even mm-hmm. if this is not no man's sky i'm sorry and and this is real to me when i say this i feel like no man's sky set the standard on space travel from planet a to planet b yeah that's fair um all right i just i think it's kind of like once it got introduced mm-hmm. i think if you set your foot in a space even if it's a space rpg but a space exploration type vibe man that element and the way that No Man's Sky does it is so top-notch that for me, 
and I'll get into this when I talk about what I'm playing. That mm. was a that's a hard thing to not have in a game like this because during the 25 year period that they built it, they saw what No Man's Sky did. Sure. Uh, so I, that that's where I want to leave that interjection there because I do want to add that the way they counter it is John would love this fast travel system. Yeah, it, it does not. It's, it, it's you know, dope. It's like, on one hand, you can sit there and every single time go to your ship, get into your seat, and watch the cutscene of going up, right? And then the scene of, like, activating your grav, ju- uh, your grav jump to go to a different uh, solar system, right? And then the scene of you landing. You could do that if that's what you want if you want that fidelity and all that but they're not but they also want you know get to the point of like a lot of people for that that's going to get old quick so any place you've been to right the only thing you need to do is you could just be on planet even you can fast travel to a planet you've already been to which is really convenient when you've got to consistently go between places because you'll have something here and then it's like, I need to go talk to this person who's on a planet in a completely different system. And instead of taking all that time to travel, it's just like, no, we're getting you back to the thing that you actually are here for, which is, again, the quest. Um, and- One thing that I would like to see is how fast uh, the Series X does mm-hmm. that load up to the next planet versus like, I think you're playing on PC, right? PC is fast. Uh, I, I mean, I would, I would say <laughs> I would imagine they're similar just because, you know, especially if you're playing on NVMe, right? Um, and I've heard the S as fast as the X. Um, so, you know, I don't know how long yours are. Like, mostly mine are about a second about to 10 two. inches with girth. What? Oh, it's usually like a what? second to two second of <laughs> load. But um, it's funny because, like, you know, everyone talks about No Man's Sky. I actually think the game that they're most inspired by, well, really the studio they were most inspired by with this, is Bioware because it feels yeah. like they took all the things that worked with Mass Effect and then said, and also Knights of the Old Republic before it, and said, yep. make this game, but make it with Bethesda, you know, and that's what it feels like to me. That's, and that's why I'm loving it, you know, for yeah. me personally. Like, if you don't enjoy those things, I don't think this game is going to do something that all of a sudden sells you on it, right? Like, you well, I'd be with careful with that because because you could have said you could have said that same thing uh, on the release of like Skyrim, where a lot of people who weren't Bethesda people, yeah, played that game. This game, I mean, they Bethesda it up a hundred percent, for for sure. Uh, but I want to remind the listener, right? Like, if you listen to this show. I think you kind of know where each each of us align with the kind of games we like. Mm-hmm. So if you're lined up with a Chris, you know, he likes the RPG, the story. He likes making decisions, getting down into it. And you're like 50-50 on whether you should play Starfield. I think you should take what he's saying about it to heart and think this could potentially be a game for you. Sure. If you have an Xbox, dog, it's, it's like legitimately on Game Pass. Like, hello? Yeah. Like, play it. You know what I'm saying? Um so yeah, I I like it. And could you uh, could you talk about how the game looks on your PC? Is it just beautiful? Yeah, it looks great. Like the biggest compliment I can give them uh, that I've seen and noticed right away is the lighting. 
like the lighting yeah. upgrade to everything looks so, like I played Fallout 4 a little bit over the summer and coming from that to this it's it's night and day like especially uh the major NPCs that are out there um like their the way their faces are lit and how they look compared to how they looked in the last one I mean is it it's not Baldur's Gate don't get me wrong but it's definitely the best looking from that point um that i've seen there it's like basically you kind of it feels like there's three tiers of npcs you have your top tiers which are like major characters that you're going to experience in the game right your companions and things like that but then you go second tier people you'll meet maybe for a mission for an extended part and then i would say third tier is like just regular vendors and and random generated npcs that are looking around the world those are kind of you know they look more traditional to it but i think the game art design everything looks great when you go around your spaceship the level of detail of things in there uh is very surprising you know just that's where you're like wow you know i think it's easily their best looking game um yeah i i gotta say it does look pretty good too mm-hmm. for sure because yeah. yeah you've been playing on x right yeah yeah um as far as uh complaint so far my biggest complaint that i've had one as much as i like the fast travel the fact that there's not actually a real map when you're on the ground is <laughs> that's a, so funny i also yeah. feel this way chris yeah it's it's like oh man i hope someone either they do a patch or someone just puts We're a mod a out patch yeah they've some, already got them they've already got a mod for it yeah i figured do they yeah when did that like, drop do you happen to know that and, and I'll say this, like, I can understand it for when you're in the random, like, procedural generated zones not having that. But I'm talking, like, when you're in New Atlantis or you're in Neon. Like a city yes, with vendors. Like, I would like yeah. to be able to pull up and just see a map, right? As opposed to, it's kind of like there are emblems and I really don't know what that means. Especially something like New Atlantis. Like you can take trams to different parts, but it's actually a flowing city. Like you can walk through the whole entire thing and figuring that out on your own without a map. I mean, it's, it's painful. I'm like, I guess I was like, Oh, I guess I know what it would actually be like person to land on this planet for the first time (laughs) and have to figure out where to go. And maybe that's what they were going for. I have, you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the one thing. The other thing that has been, um, that bugs me, even though, I mean, I know where it comes from. It comes from oblivion is the persuasion system, especially for me. You know, I always play characters at persuasion coming off Baldur's gate three, where I could literally, I knew what my buff was and what the impact was going to be before I made a persuasion choice. I could see what the check was going to be. And kind of risk the odds on that right like i knew hey i get plus 10 because my character's got really high uh intelligence or whatever and i have to give 15 roll well that means on a 20 side die i have 15 options that can win me this thing <laughs> and only you True. know five that are gonna fail i feel pretty confident i'm gonna do this you know versus here it's this thing of um when you go in you have these blocks that pop up and you have to fill one them 
plus one plus whatever like you have to fill it up you get a number of guesses or or attempts and you have to fill it up to persuade them um with the one stickler being you keep going until you fail your last check if you haven't gone to that number yet and the way it grades it is you have green yellow and red options with green being more likely to succeed. to of course red less likely to succeed and they also show you how many slots it will fill in the bar i've had so many i I mean like i'm right now i've just today got to the point of persuasion where i'll be able to upgrade it to its highest tier and still i have ones where it's a green plus one the lowest rung and i fail them like two three times in a row and i'm just like could you just tell me that the role was going to be impossible beforehand? You know, <laughs> could you be yeah. more realistic and fair uh, instead of giving me false pretenses of hope here? Like that's, I do not like that system. It doesn't feel natural and flow in some of the things that they say, you know, sometimes right. when those, when those roles do work of the higher tier, you're like, what that person would not, that doesn't seem logical. <laughs> and then you kind of form a conversation I've ever heard. Um, so that's been my, my big letdown i would say of it as far as that as someone who loves that kind of stuff but the rest of it man like my favorite thing is just like the randomness of how you can get quests in this game i uh yeah i i stole my first ship okay you thief uh well it was a mission like it was the mission where it was teaching me how how to steal to, a ship how, well how to dock like it was it was a crimson fleet one so it was like they were bad guys you know i didn't feel bad about it and i board them and i take it and it's like cool it tells me right away <laughs> it tells me right away uh hey you know if you're you're in this ship if you grab jump to another um galaxy or whatever solar system we'll go ahead and set this as your default ship right now and be added to your register if you want to upgrade it though and like officially own it you have to go to a spaceport pay the registration fee and then you can upgrade and do it so i'm like cool let me just jump back over to new atlantis real quick it wasn't that far away and i go and jump in and as soon as i did i start getting the usual scan for contraband and i get flagged immediately and i realized in my in my my you know like just rushing to do this thing i did not check my cargo and everything was filled with contraband on it oh uh, because it was crimson red so i'm like okay i've got a little bit cash i'll see if i can pay the fine they're like no you're going to jail i get thrown in jail and the next thing you know i'm dragged in front of the uh head of the uc and he's basically starts putting me onto this thing where he wants me to go undercover to infiltrate the crimson fleet and start down this whole entire huge storyline that takes like 10 15 you hours know, to do do you know what's absolutely crazy yeah uh you and i have had the same experience mm-hmm. for everything you said that you don't like about it i agree so that was the map system sure uh the per- the persuasion system i'm not accustomed to so i don't know how to yeah, gauge yeah. that yet. I will say that because I don't know how to navigate the persuade system, what I did, um, how do I say this? I'm doing the main story quest because IGN is like, hey I, man, I, stay on the main story for now. You know, yes. don't be 
don't do whatever. And Chris, you're saying yes. You any new player, you kind of give them that. Uh, Which that, actually that, is, anyway, that's anti. Like some would say, no, that's not what you're supposed to do with these games. But in this case, Pete Hines. Yes, <laughs> I would tell you, don't do the whole quest. But there's a point Just, you should go to. So I'm on the point where I'm doing this thing. No spoilers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did pull up that bootleg map on the planet. And I was like, there are some question marks. Let's go see what those are. And I look over and I can see it. Like I can move the map out of the way and see it. So I'm going over there, quickly realize, hey, quit running. You're using oxygen. Mm-hmm. You will die. So I just kind of do a fast pace. And when I get over there, there are some bad guys kind of hanging out. It ends up being one of these like satellite areas. I don't know what they're called, but you discover them. Sure. On planets. And I kill those guys, and the person I'm with, her name's Sarah. Sarah's like, good job, friend. You protected us. Well, then I see a ship, just like you like you saw, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm. So I go over to the ship, and in the ship is somebody sitting in the captain's seat. And when I pulled my gun out, it didn't light up. So I was like, well, let's go see what this dude's doing. And he kind of gives me some lip, but it, we're like, we leave. Mm-hmm. And I kind of sat on it and I was like, I don't like the lip he just gave me. So I turned around and I was like, you know, for the horde. And I shot him and I murked him. Sarah immediately hated you, didn't she? Broke up with me like she was my girlfriend. I had to chase her like I would a girlfriend across the planet and every so often ask her to forgive me. And her persuasion bar was so skewed at that point. Mm-hmm. I had to start going for the yellows just to see if I could gain some points. And to this day, Sarah cannot stand me. Okay. Not only that happened, which totally skewed, messed up because you get a companion with you. Sure. I land in uh, New Atlantis thinking, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, next mission, let's do this. No, nah, dog. The policeman was like, hey, dog, <laughs> come here. You killed somebody. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> so I got pulled into the mission you just talked about. And that's that's something that's kind of set this game off for me because it's you hit the nail on the head. It, it reminds you that as you're playing and, and just kind of doing what you do, mm-hmm. you might get your collar pulled. and All of a sudden, you're looking over here, and there's a whole new thing because just like you, uh, actually, I noticed and I wanted to report this for Xbox users mm. going into what I was about to go into a cutscene's kind of supposed to happen and it didn't load properly. I had to do a hard reset and that's a known issue. So hopefully a patch comes out for it or whatever. Hopefully. But as that happens, you get infiltrated to go do like Chris said he did and go take on this massive storyline about this Crimson Fleet, which is a known kind of, you know, I will do air quotes here. Bad guy set this game off from Sarah cussing me out to me finding the Crimson Fleet. It kind of reminded me like what finding the Thieves Guild was like exactly in Skyrim yes. and where you could go from that, right? So kind of cool. While while the game is not perfect and and for comparison, and this isn't normally what we do, but since Chris was talking about it, I've put in more like 15 hours in the game. Okay. Somewhere along those lines. So uh I I I wish that the 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 space flying was different. I mentioned that a minute ago and not just the, the way that like no man's sky does it. 
for me, I think it's very important to remind people that because I think of complaint, I think I heard this, they made it to where you could switch from first person to third person. Correct. And that's that can come in handy flying the plane, I think, even though it looks very cool when you're first person and you got the cockpit view. Just wanted to say that because it'll get through iTunes, baby. What's up? <laughs> uh, but I, I can't dock worth of worth of nothing. If I blow a ship up or if I got to go land on a ship, do you uh, can't do it. Do you have a targeting systems? You know, I don't yet. And I was going to ask you this. I felt this was a good avenue to do it. Go. I need to upgrade my ship. It'll make it a lot better, won't it? Well, it's not. No, it's a it's a skill that you get where oh no i don't yeah if you get the targeting systems then what you do is like when you have someone flying at you you just hit a right and that locks on on them and then you'll see it start saying oh we're locking on and once it does you like hit x and it goes into targeting and all those systems we have on our ships you can same way use the d-pad to go over and be like engines and if you kill it and you get their engines all the way down, then you can, I think it's like, you just have to be within 500 meters. You can hit the X and go on board. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there was one ship during the main mission that, that we needed to take out and I needed to dock it. Yeah. They kind of, that's the teaching one. So, Oh, (laughs) I missed that. Mm -hmm. Your boy was ready to throw his Xbox through the wall (laughs) and not because I couldn't dock it. Sure. It was because, when I when I killed the ship, I still had my engine revved, and I came in hot to the dock <laughs> point, right? But I was able to dock, but because I panicked, I hit undock too quick. Oh, it no. happened so fast. So then at that point, I continued to hit the ship. So what happens when you hit an object in space in a video game? It starts to do a spiral <laughs> in place. And do you know how hard it is to glide your ship in perfectly? To hit the dock as it's spiraling. Also, keep in mind they mm-hmm. got they've got this mechanic in. If your ship takes damage either by like laser fire or missiles, or in Sean's case, ship to ship, bang bang, my ship blew up. <laughs> That's how long you were Matt Damon in there, Stellar. <laughs> oh my god, I got so angry. But to Chris's yeah. point, y'all, it, it looks. Amate the game looks so good visually. And you didn't mention this, and I know you got a point to make. Mm-hmm. I am in love with mm-hmm. the soundtrack to this game. Oh god, yeah. It is a perfect space companion soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It fits perfectly with the theme. Yeah. But I'll let you get to your um, point and if you want to add to that. Uh, yeah, as far as soundtrack agreed, it's it's very quickly climbing. Like I'd never thought the the score for Skyrim would be equaled by them. Like I like the fallout soundtracks. They're good, but Skyrim has definitely been the premium to me so far. And this easily surpasses it. In my opinion, this is their, their new standard until I guess Elder Scrolls six comes out, hopefully. Um, but as far as um, other criticisms that you could go, I think the hardest part of this, because it's a new universe those early hours are so tutorialized, but at the same time, there's things that they don't tell you. Yeah. And like, you know, it, it's because they want you to discover it, right? Like that's kind of just the way they've always been with this stuff. They want you to be like, Oh, I know I could do that. That's cool. Um, which can be infuriating to people understandably. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like the ship part, I think it's the hardest thing until you just start doing a lot of dogfighting and you start figuring out, oh, how does the system work and what's important, right? And like for me, it was like once I start getting targeting, because targeting is basically for those who've played Fallout, it's the bat system, but it's now been moved to ships instead, instead of it being your gun. Um, so it just it makes everything so much easier after that. And like now I I did a mission where I got a really, really nice ship, which is one that I would love to tell you how you do it, Sean. Cause it's <laughs> one that you will enjoy it is one of the coolest missions I've ever done in a Bethesda yeah. game. It took me like three and a half hours and it came off of reading a note. So go through your notes and start reading things because there's wow. one that sends you off that is really interesting, has really complex puzzles. Like you need to listen to things when they're being told <laughs> you in this and, and look at your surroundings. Um, and I, I want to add, that's another thing that if you find yourself lined up with an RPG player like Chris, mm-hmm. I cannot under, I can't, I'm going to undersell what this game has as far as immersion. Mm-hmm on things like he just mentioned uh there is so much stuff that you can click on and look at and pick up and and really dive into he just said he found an epic mission from a note yeah that he had to read and And, stuff i mean that stuff is layered in this game yeah i think the big thing like for those people who are looking for it the, the reason why they say i think people are telling them to go to go do the main story this time right a lot of people have made that suggestion i agree i probably actually went a little too far in the main story um i want to say in my opinion i think the big reason is that that takes you to everywhere and the very big difference between this and say elder scrolls or fallout is you remember like how you could be just doing something in elder scrolls sean and like someone will run up to you and and you'll kind of just run into like a situation that starts mm-hmm. you down the quest line. A mm-hmm. lot of what's going on here is like you're going to your big cities and as you're walking around, you don't even have to necessarily always engage in the conversation to get it to start. Like you'll he- overhear something. Oh yeah. And you'll see a mission for you. Like it'll it'll pop into the feed and you you know, it's easy just to look past that stuff. But those are those really are the, like where the meat and potato is of of like the RPG stories and interesting things that you can get. Um, there are still some that are more hidden, like the note one. And I know there's a dude on Sidonia like that. Uh, I apparently overlooked, but I was looking at things today and he's got something that's pretty important um, as far as that apparently helps you make a lot of XP in this game, which is nice. <laughs> that is. Uh, yeah, that is so, nice. You know, it, it, it's stuff like that. That's that's what I like, and I would suggest people do a little bit of the main mission. There's four major, major, major cities. There's other smaller things you'll go to, too. But, like, those four, you'll know what they are when you go to them. And just start walking around, and you'll you'll just start seeing missions pop up. And that's where I would say go. Go off and do stuff. I will. I'll sign off on that because that's exactly what happened. The reason I know about that, though, mm-hmm kind of feeds back into something Chris did, kind of didn't like, and I kind of agree with it, and this is a map system. And let me explain what happened. Um, I got to a point on this mission where I needed, uh, and, and Bethesda, 
Chris, you can tell people what this version of this is, but it's a digi pick. So oh, it's like lock, the lock picking skill. Right? And I love it. So I needed a digi pick to lock pick this thing to progress in what I needed to do, but I ran mm-hmm. out of digi picks. So I was like, all right, I went around, looked. I know I'm terrible. I ran out of digi picks. What, what, I was trying to unlock stuff I shouldn't have. Hold on. Yeah. I'll send so, you one real quick. That's <laughs> <laughs> me old digi pick. Mm-hmm. So I look online to where, hey, you can go to this place on New Atlantis. They sell digi picks. Land here. You can go in. Mm-hmm. Caveat, they only sell three at a time. Gotcha. But then the thing goes on to say, hey, just fall asleep in your ship and you can get as many digi picks as you want because you can reset the cycle. I was like, sure. cool. So, but I'm in a hurry to do the mission. So I was like, all right. It said land here. Okay. And go left. Cool. I landed there and I went left. And I was like, I've made the wrong left. And what would have helped me was a map, like Chris said, if you could, as you explored an area, sort of unlocked it and pull it up as a quick reference guide, like a, I think like we would do as space travelers, we would probably keep some sort of, you know, I mean, if we've got iPhones that know how fast it's going to take us to get home in this world, you would think that they would be able to whatever. So I'm going to buy DigiPix. And it's so cool to discovery. And I do think that there is something to be said about it. And I got to I gotta say, as a gamer, I found myself doing this. And I think a lot of people have done this. Mm-hmm. We're so used to having our hands held on video games that when the developer goes, let you go find it have fun and this is where i kind of got aggravated in in uh what's the game that i don't like that you do elder berry <laughs> uh elden ring elden ring yeah elderberry that, yeah. that game did that's the same it's thing. Now. it's like it's like hey go go have fun and explore yeah and a lot of times people that are so used to having their hands pulled and held and guided the frustration levels rise faster than they maybe should Sure. I don't know, but it was very cool to know that those kind of places existed in a main hub, but it got me thinking, dang it, man, if we just had a map. And that's kind of my vibe. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of good in Starfield. And then there's just kind of like, ah, why did we what if Yeah. But that doesn't mean and, and like you said, you didn't you didn't allude to that it's a perfect game. No. Nah. But I gotta tell you, if you're like Chris and myself, I think if you like space games. And then you happen to like a Bethesda type game, you're going to find pure bliss. Am I right, Chris? Yeah. And to your point, the part that works very well of this is that like if you're on a mission, it's very hard to get lost because you can literally just pull up your scanner and it gives you that golden path to to get to where you need to. But at the same time, to Sean's point, if you're just like, okay, I'm going to Neon and I want to go buy ammo. You literally got to just walk around and clock <laughs> everything like, until you go, that looks like a place that sells guns. I'm going to go there. Yep. You know, yep. that's, that's how it works. Unfortunately, I don't know why. I, I think that's the biggest baffling thing to me. I was like, who thought this was a good idea? I do not know. Or if they just could not get it to work. Uh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> oh man. But yeah, you're enjoying it. You're 30 hours in. Yeah, 30, 40 hours in, um, you know, we'll see where we go. Uh, I like it. Yeah. yeah, that's all you can do. It's going to be a long ride. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was the intent. It's it's You wanted to get to this launch, and this was going to be your jam for however long it needed. Uh, I did see a tease in the chat. Uh, hmm. A question was asked, and John, our very own John, answered it. Hmm. Uh, 
and it was our friend Huck who wanted to know if all three of us are playing it. And I answered, well, two out of three for sure. And John does, in fact, have it at least downloaded. So he may dabble in it as well. Uh, in addition to uh, my playthrough with Starfield, I also downloaded and started playing uh, what a lot of people are calling a potential game of the year. And that's Sea of Stars. And that may surprise both of you that I'm playing that game because it's a classic uh, kind of retro style RPG where you have to do the... I do my move and then you do your move and then we see how this plays out. Josh is but playing I gotta, it and he said it very much reminds him of a late PlayStation 1 RPG. Yeah, but there's there's something about this game that I see where people are falling in love with it. And we mm-hmm. we just talked about music not too long ago with Starfield. I'm going to probably just send you a hey, this might need to go in the uh, spectacular. There's this one vibe already that i'm literally like this is this is good stuff uh but the story has already got me captivated in a way and i'm not trying to say any because there's so much story in starfield this is more of a contained story it's got me captivated in a way that i quite haven't got to starfield yet but you know it is what it is that's kind of what it's meant to do it very early on it it talks about friendship and someone who's lost and this whole thing happened so it's uh it's pretty good. And I think John was excited because Sea of Stars was was it you wanted to play it on PlayStation? You found out it was free. Is that right, John? Yeah, that's where it's currently sitting, waiting for me to crank it Ooh. up. Oh. Nice. So that is that's on the John radar too. And those are those are the two main things I played this week. I did want to add that I haven't stopped playing Final Fantasy. Uh and I gotta give a shout out, man. I think this is it's at a point where it's some of the best story I've ever had in any MMORPG ever i'm looking at you world of warcraft um so if you haven't picked up that game in a while this is my weekly reminder to say hey it's still a good game go play it Mm -hmm. uh john let's let's put the spotlight on you for a little bit and what have you been getting into big man question (laughs) um well i decided to go ahead and get it over with because i just had to get it off my plate um the demon king is now dead oh He's no longer um, question. Who's the demon king? When did when did you start playing <laughs> Demon Souls? Because who's the demon king? I'm so lame. I'm sorry. I don't think you know what this word means. Um, <laughs> but Sean, I I I really need you to just um, to lock lock in. Stop, stop messing around. Lock this in. Get this done. Because I need to talk to you. Okay. Why not? I'm now you. You're now BK, and I'm John. Well, Chris, if I thought you cared, I, I I would urge you to finish. I just Chris gave just, this game like a seven. So. No, no offense, I, Chris. I don't think you care. I would be right, right? You don't care. Not no, really. I will finish it at some point. I always do. I, that was how I did with uh, Breath of the Wild. I I kind of went until I hit like kind of. I was like, okay, I'm I'm a little templed out right now, and I took a break for about two three months, and then I came back and I beat it. Yeah, because. Let me know when you finish Horizon. But um, <laughs> it's one. But day. this has been, yeah. I I, I I decided, you know, I'd gotten I'd gotten I gotten about a hundred shrines, killed a bunch of Lynels, killed a bunch of Gleox, got enough Korok seeds, and I was like, you know, I I I I, I got to really start to focus on on other games. I'm really taking advantage of the fact that this 
topic time, if you want to call it topic time, has sort of become a little bit more relaxed and, and a little bit more nuanced. I'm really starting to take advantage of that. Um, As you should. Well, that that might be true, but Chris is walking in here. It's not a contest, but Chris is coming in here talking about Starfield. He's coming in here talking about um, yeah, but those Baldur's are, Gate. Uh, he loves those here. games. All that being said, I love, <laughs> I mean, I love Shadow Gambit. But I haven't mm. said much about it, <laughs> so why not? Because I'm, uh, I'm not that far in. That's mm. what. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to be that far. Wait, what? What? I'm only four. What? <laughs> Inches. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> I talking to the Surgeon General. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So that's done. It is definitely a ten out of ten. It is in many ways the game of my lifetime um it's it's really i don't know what they're gonna do after this it's like i was talking to a friend of the show bk uh today and how it's got these multiple layers they did the depths they did the sky they did the mainland in this game what are they going to do afterwards and i was thinking you know what i always long for when i go to the edge of the map in breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom and i look out into the distance i'm on the edge of the hyrule map i'm like what's out there what is out there mm-hmm. past all that and the only thing that that zelda's left to do is instead of going vertical it needs to go more horizontal um but I'm wondering if this is being set up as sort of a a trilogy, but what this has done guys is make me with, 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 with the ending and finishing the game. All it's made me do is obsess about where breath of the wild and tears of kingdom now fit in the timeline. And here's what I'm thinking, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll leave you with this. At some point, the three timelines, you've got the hero triumphant, the hero defeated, um the child timeline hero defeated hero uh triumphant so you've got these three timelines i think breath of the wild is the beginning of the convergence of those timelines i think it converges back so there you go uh that is my theory i will be wrong in two years when they publish the uh the new timeline Hmm. but it's just really something that i tend to get obsessed over but uh, Shadow Gambit is every bit as good of a game as Desperados 3. It's a joy to play. They've really made a lot of improvements to even what I thought was stellar gameplay design and mechanics, and I'll be looking forward to t- talking to you more about it in the coming weeks, as well as maybe some thoughts on Sea of Stars. Um, Lies Pete. So we'll it's, it's possibly a good one. We'll see how that goes. It's possibly a hidden gem. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's it's it has sold being free on two platforms is a big deal, but it isn't. But aside from that, it is, it is sold over a hundred thousand copies. Probably most of those being on switch because they did most of the promotion for the game. You saw it on Nintendo directs and things like that, but yeah, I think it's also on, it's also, it's on steam as well. So putting it on multiple platforms for free, but then selling as well as, as it has, um, couldn't be happier for this, uh, for this development team. So, you reminded me, and I wanted to add this into the the funniness that is things that I see. I was at Best Buy, and I I looked for Starfield just to see what they had in their little area. Mm-hmm. They didn't have much 
all they had was the premium add-on for $35 in a physical <laughs> format. <laughs> and I thought, what do you do with that if you don't have the other game? But they don't care. They want your money. Um, question before we wrap up this uh, topic time, what we're playing. Uh, we're going to back up a little bit to when uh, Altario asked us this question. And this is, we're gamers, so we should be able to answer this. What world of a video game would you like to be? But I guess I think he they meant be in, but not be the main character. So like what world would you just want to be a resident in? Hmm. I would like to be uh, in Metal Gear Solid because I want to be the guy. Really? That, I want to be the guy that yeah, turns around and sees Snake and then goes. <laughs> Chris wants to be a guard in no, Metal no. Gear and have an exclamation point. That's actually funny. I'd probably want to be an Iron Mass Vector now to Starfield. Oh, yeah, actually, like no, what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Starfield over Mass Effect because mainly in Starfield there isn't a creature called a Reaper coming to destroy me and the rest of humanity. So you know that seems more nice. True, but the characters <laughs> that I've seen on on planet they dress very whack. They're actually terribly styled. I don't know if you know this for. 20 30 30 it's it's the latest fashion it's it's fine yeah <laughs> initially i thought you know i would love to live in like the mushroom kingdom or something like that but then i'm like yeah i watched the movie and i don't want to do that uh i think i would want to live in uh azeroth uh so that's world of warcraft specifically would you be i'll get back or would you. you be a human i would want to be a human in azeroth uh, and I'd want to live. I'm going to do some research real quick. So, John, you can say where you'd want to live real quick if you wanted to. You want City to of Dunwall. That would be what a hard is, life. What is that? That's uh, Dishonored. John just smiling on his face. It's like everyone's suffering and <laughs> having a miserable existence. Wow, look at all these rats. Yeah. It's probably not an issue. It's probably not an issue. Uh oh, there goes Corvo killing again. <laughs> I just That's mean, funny. I just mean existing in the world, um, everything else being equal. Mm. Say once Corvo comes back and puts Emily back on the throne, and the city starts to thrive again. Yeah, I'd like to exist in that world. It's a beautiful world. Baker wants See, to be the backup punter in Madden. That'd be dope. I'd want to live somewhere in Elwyn Forest, Forest okay. in World of Warcraft, right? Close enough to the castle so I could like see it and go get stuff from the shops. Uh, but I say that I don't want to get like left out to like if a a horde invasion happens and I'm one of the first houses actually, they wipe out. So actually, you know what? If I was going to join you, I'd be a brewmaster that hangs out with Low Walker exactly. Joe and Pandaria. <laughs> exactly, that'd be dope slow down that would be slow down that would be awesome so as we always do um we love when the chat interacts first of all because they're on topic so as you just we just hinted baker wanted to be a backup punter uh huck said splatoon and acid said um live in the usa during metal girl solid time frame and, and that may have been said uh as i was talking or looking up stuff but we love to hear that kind of stuff. 
So if you listen to this episode and you want to chime in on that question, you can do so. We'll tell you just a little bit how to do that. But also, we'd love to hear about what you're currently playing because what I've quickly realized is that, yeah, during the times where we focused on a single topic, we would inspire people to go buy a game potentially or because of a review, check it out. But also, I'm realizing people are playing all kind of stuff all the time. And uh, I see it, I hear about it, and it's kind of cool. But with that said, do we have anything else we want to add on what we're playing or plan to play? Something smells amazing in my house, and I'm I'm kind of hungry. I think it's because I'm on drugs. Well, in game news, all off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. How we harmonized? What? Mm-hmm. Kind of harmonized. Me and John. We were we were boys to men for a minute. A B C B D D. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our news is about to kick off. So uh, if you want to stay tuned to all the things that are happening, we got you covered. Starting with uh, no surprise here by Chris. Uh, topping of the star charts from a sales perspective, Starfield is currently off to a very good start. Game Pass subscribers seem to be purchasing the game at the thirty-one forty-nine dollar uh, uh, premium upgrade to play Starfield a few days early. This is currently the best-selling item across the U.S. and U.K. Microsoft stores. This is a prime example of Microsoft having its cake and eating it too. Steam. Users have also gotten into this by purchasing the full premium edition at $100. Starfield hit a concurrent of 245,000 players between September 1st and 3rd. John, are you surprised by this as someone who did not buy the premium upgrade or the uh, $100 version on Steam? Um, I guess... I'm only surprised by the tactic as opposed to how the tactic turned out. I, it, it it doesn't surprise me having flipped the switch on to a number of people who wanted to buy this, uh, pay for it early. Mm-hmm. Um, that it turned out this way. Um, it kind of it kind of shows. I'm not going to use the word desperation, but it kind of shows where Xbox is mentally. It's like they they really seem to understand without admitting it that the type of game development costs that go into developing these games and then putting it on a service where you cannot put a $200 million budgeted game on Game Pass and expect to make any money from it this was almost the only avenue that they could take in order to make a certain amount of money on it. Well, I would love to see, I don't think Xbox is going to provide any, any numbers on it to show us how this is doing financially partnering with game pass. What they will tell you is you visited 50,000 planets. They'll tell you stuff like that, which is useless information to most people. But um, I am glad um, with that recognition. I am glad that they decided to put some hard cash to this title. Um, I think that makes Bethesda as a company very happy. Um, So 
you know, if they continue to make games like this, it might be, it might behoove them to start doing it this way. And I know you can go, you you can, you can physically go in, even if you're a game pass subscriber, you can go in and buy this. Correct. And in fact, I wish people had the mentality of this game. I know it's free on game pass, but these people deserve my money. Now, none of us, myself included have the mentality for that, but I wish I wish that we did as gamers have that mentality going, this stuff ain't free. Um, this stuff ain't cheap to make. And perhaps we should throw some money at these developers who work very hard. John. Mm. So you paid $31 and 49 cents. I did. I did. And I feel, I feel fantastic about doing that. I mm-hmm. loved having the early access. And I did, I did also think like, Wow, they could do this with every game if they wanted to. Uh, I also, for a moment, thought like, but not in the way John presented it. I thought it. I thought about it like because I, I think that one day it won't be on Game Pass. And I, I talked to Chris. I had a little bit of angst about that. Hmm. Like, if I buy the thirty one forty nine for early access, Chris, what happens when it's not on Game Pass anymore? And Chris said, "This game will be on Game Pass forever. You're fine, buddy." <laughs> Pretty much. But I don't think he said that, but he probably thought it. But no, it's um Yeah, I, I think I I think I was thinking about this today. And I don't mean to pivot too much, but like the way we're all subscribed to all the things, mm-hmm. we're all they're gonna they're gonna dollar us to death as much as they can, and as long as we do it, they're gonna keep doing it. So very true. It, it is what I wish that when I paid thirty one forty nine I could have got like something like cool like a controller or headset i'm still jealous you have those you, <laughs> you can't can pay find them, them anywhere you can pay them 129 for that sean <laughs> true i can't find them in the wild though it's kind of letting me down it's kind of yeah. like my link amiibo yeah yeah um yeah i actually to john's point you know i was gonna pull the trigger on 3149 but i actually refunded it and went back and did spend a hundred dollars because I, and it was really more just the practicality that I wanted on steam in the end. I just, I, I've tried games with modding before when it was the Xbox version was on there and it's just a little bit more of a pain because you have to go through different steps to do it and they're not very clear or explained. So if it's something that like this, you know, and this is the rare example where it lives in the modders community. Like there's already, I think 20 pages on, on uh Nexus mods for this that, game. That's amazing to me. That's yeah. amazing. Like someone, like everyone who was complaining about not having DLSS at launch, like someone literally put DLSS into the game about four hours after it first released, uh, things like that, you know, I wanted. So, it was just I knew if I had it through Steam, it was just easier. And plus, you know, to your point, if I don't want to play pay for Game Pass someday, but I just want to have it in my library, now it's there and I don't have to worry about it. But uh I, I agree. I, I do hope I only you can do this with every kind of game you release, but like I remember Forza Horizon had an early release period, right? But there was no way to upgrade for it. So you had to go pay ninety nine dollars if you wanted that to get the ultimate edition that had the early access, but also gives you a couple of nicer free things, it would be nice to see like going forward, you know, if they're going to do that, 
if it's a way to make some more money that they offer a cheaper option for those who are already subscribed. We'll see though. I mean, it's a little nickel and diming though, I guess. <laughs> I'd just be like, give the game early. <laughs> it's just a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a hundred bucks. We have to, we, look, that's like, that's like 30 bucks a day <laughs> to play this game early. I went on this tirade one day talking about, I hate when people like it was about the PSVR two and how people on YouTube were like so expensive. And I'm like, don't assume everybody's poor. I remember saying that because people have money, they'll spend it. And at the same time, I was just about to say, but it was a hundred dollars. <laughs> Funny how you catch yourself being a hypocrite. Sometimes I'm not right. going to say I've never purchased a game to access it early. I just don't remember what it would have been. Do you think quite often? Do you think if um, do you think if like Nintendo came so like say what you said earlier was true, right? And the they do make this a trilogy of like like Zelda games, and they said, "Hey, John, if you want, you can pay us a hundred bucks instead, and you get five days early access, and we'll give you a couple skins and." you know, the soundtrack and art book, digital art book, would you do it? You think for that? Given your love for the franchise? The cost of the game plus 30 bucks? Well, I mean... Is that what you're saying? Yeah, $100 to pay the play. The, no, not 30 bucks because they don't have a thing. But like they said, you could buy a $100 version of this game and play it five days early with some... We just said the same thing. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Pay attention, Meathead. Meant, you're so, saying so the same the, thing that he no, said. I just, I just meant the retail price being... Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Pay the 30 additional to play it. Um or even if you wanted to go for something that would be also more likely as far as the game pass route, if they did the Sarn 3. That <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. I just don't know. I I just don't know what um, what game I I feel like I did it once, but I just can't remember what it would have been. Hmm. Like what got me up? <laughs> <laughs> man, children, ladies and gentlemen, man, children. Yeah. So, Sean, I have a problem. What's your problem? What's that, bloody? I forgot the order. You're it's, next. Well, speaking of being next. Sometimes games are good. Sometimes games are bad, but sometimes games are good. Eventually. Nice. Pete Hines of Bethesda has assured fans that arcane isn't done with Redfall. Maybe they should be. In fact, he is confident that the game will be good in 10 years. Now I'm taking that slightly out of context, but let's dig deeper. Quote, we're the same company that has had launches that didn't go the way we wanted and we don't quit or abandon stuff just because it didn't start right. The elder scrolls online PC launch was not flawless. I can't attest to that. Maybe you guys can, uh, but we stuck with it. Now it's like this insanely popular multi-platform. It's the same with fallout 76 Redfall is not different for us. Okay. We didn't get the start we wanted, but it's still a fun game and we're going to keep working on it. We're going to do 50, 50, uh, 50 FPS we're going to get it to be a good game because we know as a first party studio game pass lives forever. 
there will be people 10 years from now who are going to join Game Pass and Redfall will be there. Um, Sean, is Redfall ever a game? Is 10 years long enough? Are you patient enough to be 53 and Redfall is playable because they have, at the age of 53, that's when the 60 frames per second update hits. Well, <laughs> so we that were, was a good game. We were 33 when Fallout 76 came out and sucked, and we waited this long. Why aren't we playing it? We were not um, 33. God. I, I don't know. Redfall just, you know, if we all have radars of games are on our radars. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. <laughs> it's never been on my radar to even want to play it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that it crazy? Been. It should have been. I know. And yet I find myself playing things like looks around and sees all the, I mean, I have an unopened copy of Metroid and Spider-Man Morales that I can see right now. I know I have unopened copies of other games. Isn't that crazy? What is this life? Chris, answer your question. No. (laughs) Chris, are you ready for the 60 frames? Does that get Um, you there? I mean, I could have the 60 frames now on PC, so that was there whenever it launched but uh ladies and gentlemen chris would like you to know that he has a pc and it works it does <laughs> i mean that's what i want um, i saw a 4070 in stock yesterday and thought of you chris <laughs> thank you yep. wait did you say 4070 yeah i would never be associated with that pos i'm a 4080 guy i know i'm, a, I'm top I thought, dog. I thought that. that's why i said i thought about you <laughs> get that trash out of here no, no. 4070s are soft um i think i i mean like i get the point he wants to say hey we're committed to fixing this thing but like the big difference to those two games he said before those are live service games they're made to live on forever i don't think people are coming back to redfall because it's not going to be something like sure they could add some additional content right and it would be nice yes if it gets balanced to a point where if three or four friends want to get together and play the game it's a lot more of an enjoyable experience than the one that they launched with but i just don't see the point i would rather they just say arcane we're working on this this is the eta for when we'll think we'll have the patch of this game working and then we're going to have a support studio take on doing things to maybe improve it and we're going to take the bulk of arcane austin and start planning the next thing because i'd rather they just get back to making the kind of games that they're good at right like why not do a follow-up to pray go do that i would much rather have that happen but that's just me so you're not a big proponent of studios fixing games that are not that are broken i think (laughs) There's like, no wonder you like Bethesda. (laughs) No, well, they do fix it, Um, but (laughs) they never fix the PS3 version of Skyrim. (laughs) They try, they try. Um, But you know, it's just Redfall is not the kind of thing that all of a sudden is going to win people back. Is what I'm saying. It's not No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky had a good base. It just felt like it was in beta when it launched, right? Yeah, and we then were it, very and then let down, but wanted more. 
yeah like the 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 core systems were fine and it was fun for a couple of hours it's just like after a little bit you're like oh this feels like early access there's not a lot of features here and once they came back and add all those features they got a huge player base right from it and i just don't see that happening here so the answer is no yeah i don't you think developers should just I mean, it, my point being, it should be a case-by-case basis. And this is a case where I don't think it's really beneficial. I think they should get the game stable. I think they should fulfill their promise of 60 frames per second on console for sure. You know, but after that, you know, this is a studio that like literally has admitted from behind the scenes that they had problems and that most of them wanted Microsoft to kill the project when they bought the company. So... I I don't know. I just, I feel like, I mean, maybe it is a case by case basis, but I feel like Mm -hmm. you owe it to your future profitability. You owe it to your future reputation. You owe it to your future ability to release a game and sell it well to leave the other one that you broke fixed. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like cyberpunk. Was cyberpunk worth it? I don't know. Was it worth it? I mean, Mm -hmm. the, the evidence that going to fix it turned out to be very much worth it, but, but they also knew that they were riding on the coattails of a reputation that was Witcher three. Sure. And you've got, you've got, um, you've got arcane riding the coattails of Witcher of, um, of, you know, dishonored and prey and dare I say, uh, death loop. But, um, and in order, if you don't fix the things that you didn't, I, I, if it was, if it, if it was, if it was, I don't know, the guys who did Saints Row, I, I don't know that that's, that's a big deal mm-hmm. necessarily. I get, because my, you almost, you almost expect it. But my, if you, if you have this reputation that is, that is stellar and you have a legacy of games that people just cherish, like Witcher, like Dishonored. Mm-hmm. And you don't fix something, you can really ruin your reputation as a developer. Yeah, I, the difference there to me is, I mean, like Arcane's popularity isn't the same as like a Bethesda game studio thing going on there, or as big as say the Elder Scrolls. And to your point, like Cyberpunk, they need to fix Cyberpunk because Cyberpunk was the most anticipated game when it came out in a good many years like the hype for that has probably only now been equaled by starfield i would say as far as a yeah a non-nintendo thing and and it's the it's the thing now of like to me this is more like anthem like where anthem had its window and its shot and it missed it and people weren't inundated to it or committed and you know eventually ea kind of realized that and they moved on you know like bioware's reputation isn't completely killed they just really need to deliver on the next thing right and that's probably why they're taking forever on dragon age now well let's let's put let's shine the light on the present just as a just as a quick case study Mm -hmm. starfield's busted it ain't working frame rates are down dipping into the 20s the ai looks like plastic androids oh wait a minute i guess it does but does does a case like Starfield? Mm-hmm. Does Todd Howard go? That would be yes. This? That or, would be yes. That would be one. a place because people waited eight years for it, right? You hyped it up. It was your most anticipated game. That is your signature studio. There is no bigger studio that Bethesda 
owns as a company than Bethesda Games, right? You but have see, to do th- it. And, and and I'm glad you said that because I yeah. think that's true. But I think the problem with studios is they they all have different. I, I don't think there's a universal industry reason to mm-hmm. walk away or fix. I think studios have their own specific reasons. Like you could say for Arcane, we have to fix Redfall, Redfall because all we have is our reputation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we don't have our reputation. We ain't got the sales. If we don't have our reputation. We got nothing. Yeah. To me, CD Projekt Red had the sales despite having a busted game. But here's the question. If, you know, the big rumor right now is that Arcane Paris is, or wherever it is, at Lyon, right? Whatever the main studio is, right? The big rumor is they're working on Deathloop 2. If Deathloop 2 comes out and is just as good as Deathloop 1 or even better, right? And takes all those criticisms and is a great game. Does anyone really even care or hold them down because of Redfall? I was like, I don't know. Maybe the next time Arcane Austin releases a game, you might be right. But I think as far as Bethesda is concerned, like, you know, they have things that they know they can lean into that people trust them on. And I I think the three of us can sit here Mm -hmm. and discuss the difference between Arcane Leon and Arcane Austin. Well, maybe two of us. I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if Sean even questioned that there were two, (laughs) but the average gamer has no idea that the people who did Dishonored didn't mm-hmm. do Redfall too. Sure. So yes, to answer your question, it is it is incumbent upon all of them as different studio sections. Like no one can tell you what Ubisoft Studio did is doing Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. I can, but no one else can. What what I find funny in this whole thing, and I want to give a shout out to Baker USA in chat because Baker was kind of thinking the same thing. What what other medium do we as you know? Uh, people who buy things, consumers, uh, do we give a pass on like this? <laughs> like, because his example in the chat was car. Let's change the word game, yeah, for car. Uh, I, I thought of one example, and this is very Sean. I thought of M Night Shyamalan for some reason, and his first movie was great, and we loved it, and the dude was dead the whole time, and Spoilers. then it kind of became. And then it became kind of not good. Mm-hmm. But then it became good again. But through all that, we kept going to see it. So I don't know if that's an anomaly, but I kind of think it's more like it's crazy that we'll we'll give a pass to video game people, for the games they make. But a lot of times we give that pass because they have given us quality, if that makes sense, depending on, I mean, if you do or don't know about Leon and France and stuff. <laughs> Leon was really good in uh, Resident Evil 4. I liked Leon. Yeah. Uh, was Le- I have no tie-in to being a banner of a franchise. I don't know what to say here. Oh. But now I've said the word banner, and I get to tell you about a year for Nintendo. Doug Bowser, if you forgot, the greatest name in video games, has called 2023 a unique and banner year for Nintendo. He quoted, And if I think about folding Nintendo Live into the bigger strategy, this year has really been a very unique and I dare say banner year for Nintendo in a lot of ways. It started with the opening of Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios in Hollywood. 
which follows the opening of the park two years ago in Osaka. We launched the Super Mario Brothers movie, which quick, very quickly became the second largest box office grossing animated film of all time at $1.3 billion. We launched The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which 18 million units later, after a very brief period of time, it's one of our fastest launch titles ever. And then the event today. So I'll pivot to our resident Nintendo uh, fanboy and I'll say uh, before Doug Bowser talked about it, did you have thoughts about how well Nintendo over this past year has been kind of doing? Or have you kind of been just thinking about Zelda? <laughs> you What's know what the difference? Exactly. What is the difference? Um, I think it just uh, coming from a fanboy, just because it's a fanboy doesn't mean it's not true. Um, two things. Mm. The uh, N- Nintendo has become, and they have at, they have at at certain times in its history been the pinnacle of video games and oftentimes an afterthought of video games, uh, GameCube, Wii U, stuff like that. Um, I think Nintendo has transcended all of their uh, top moments in their history of, of, of having the mind share. They have the largest, to me, uh, they have the largest public mind share of any video game company in existence today. And that wasn't, I mean, everybody's always known who Mario is and Mario's always been a household name, but the sheer powerhouse of what they've accomplished since 2017, after everybody had written them off, um, said, you know, the switch wasn't going to work. Um, this is a stupid idea. Another stupid idea from Nintendo. Why don't they just make games and start being a publisher on other platforms? Why don't they just go mobile? (laughs) All this stuff. They have really just harnessed the power of their, of their, of their brand and turned it into something that no one could. um, Six years ago. And if you say you have, if you say you could have fathomed it, well, then you're just gaslighting everybody. But, um, well, before we pivot to Chris, fanboys like you and myself, we always had faith that Nintendo would do what Nintendo does. We did take it to the chin with the Wii U and the debacle that was, but that was right off the heels of the Wii. So I was, it was kind of weird, right? But anyway, Chris, what's your take on Nintendo's, uh, banner year? And, uh, where do you think the, the future kind of goes for them, if you had to guess? I mean, I think it says a lot when basically what you're you're releasing one mega release this year, right? And then uh, a solid two D Mario looking game and a remake. That's what and, it's called. And like solid two D Mario yeah, looking game. <laughs> well, you know, like a classic Mario game. You know, new Super Mario Bros. Right? That's the best way I could describe what it looks like to me. Um, it's it's like, and that's your down here right and you can do this well and when you think about when the where they're coming and likely going into the next physical year where it's like i think there's a lot of anticipation for a switch to switch pro whatever you want to call there's probably a lot of 
bigger titles that are not named Zelda that have been development for a while that they are not talking about and no one really knows what they are except for maybe Metroid. And, you know, that's what you're looking forward to next year. So next year could be even be stronger for them because everyone's going to probably rush out to buy this new console, hopefully. And, you know, come next fall, maybe we're playing a new 3d Mario and we're playing uh Metroid prime four and all those kinds of things. And you just go, wow, you know, back to back years uh, where again, still regardless of like being a thing where they don't really rely a ton on major third parties right to to drive this thing so props to them they deserve it all yeah i i still i stand by this uh i think a world with nintendo uh being nintendo is Mm -hmm. important in the landscape of video game stuff i I think it's good that we have our you know our competition because i think competition breeds excellence and it's important that everybody's out there doing what they do um some folks even called nintendo or at least mario like i've heard it called the eighth wonder of the world chris uh speaking of the eighth wonder of the world john (laughs) more information has dropped regarding the upcoming 2d mario game slate for october the game will take place in the flower kingdom with six worlds circling the petal isles so seven worlds total the seven areas to explore are pipe rock plateau fluff puff peaks shining falls and three more mystery areas players can move around the map in a more traditional method and players can take on certain levels in any order that they wish there will be eight playable characters including mario luigi peach daisy and two toads you can also play as yoshi and nabbit in different style uh, as these players do not take damage We saw new power-ups in addition to the fan-favorite Elephant Mario. Players can use bubble and drill power-ups. The Wonderful Hour will change the world in fascinating ways, uh, changing the gameplay in real time. Um, John, what are the physics related to Yoshi being able to carry a Mario that has turned into a 500 pound elephant on its back as it moves across this platform world. Uh, crystal meth <laughs> is, is, is why that's possible. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this concept because Mario games, as good as they have been, the traditional 2d have been relatively the same. Uh, since Mario world. Now, <clears throat> one of the reasons why super Mario brothers three pay attention to this, Sean is very important. Mm. One of the reasons why super Mario brothers three is the greatest Mario game mm. ever made fact is because they did mm. something. They did something in this game that they've never done since you had as many, as, as big as an inventory as you wanted of power-ups accumulating, you get as many as you can get, you, you, I mean, there was even a certain trick where you could get a hundred P wings that you would utilize at the beginning of every stage. If you, if you recall, before you go into any stage, you can take, you can go into a menu, select a power up, and start your start the level with any power up you wanted as long as you had it in your inventory. Yeah. Since that time, one of the things that always bothered me going from that to Super Mario World is it gave you a power-up, and then you could hold one power-up inside the level. 
Like if you got yourself into trouble, you had that extra power up and it would drop down. In three, you had a plethora there it of, is. Pow- there it of, is. of power-ups that you could just choose from. You need Frog Mario. Frog Mario is right there, and you can get him right at the beginning of the stage. They haven't done that in a three in a in a 2D Mario game since. And I've never understood why. Now, now I'm saying that to say this. Mario 3 was a game changer in the uh in in the Mario formula. Sean, are you trying to think of games where they've done it? Okay. No, I'm I got something to say. Okay, buddy. Say say No, it. no, no. I was like, because they gave you a dinosaur and a cape, and they said you don't need anything else. That cape was not always available to you at the beginning. Don't matter. It gave you Yoshi for life. Oh, it doesn't matter. Solid argument. Hashtag owned. No, I'm just saying. It's like, so what? I could pick a frog suit. I got a Yoshi. Apparently, he never tried that that frog suit. Yo, no, I, think I was terrible. You know what? This is a therapy session. I was terrible in the frog suit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's not your but fault. This is, but this is really, the reason this has got people excited, besides Elephant Mario, is it's really just... Um, looks like a completely new take on the Mario formula from a 2d perspective. And I'm here for it, man. I am here for it. Sure. So, and I've always been puzzled by this generation. Um, Gen Z Gen, uh, and, and previously since, since 64 3d Mario is everybody's Mario. And I'm like, y'all just, Y'all don't know what's good, man. Y'all just don't know. John what's on good. his line, not my Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Pants hiked yeah. up. <laughs> but yeah, I um, think. Uh, I, I, yeah, sorry. Oh no, I was going to ask Sean his thoughts. But what's crazy is, I'm excited about this game, but I don't think anything like John thought. I thought it was going to be the same old Mario. But I'm okay with that. Like, and I do think the imagery of a giant elephant Mario sitting on a little wee Yoshi is the coolest thing ever. So uh, that will be a game come October that I will purchase and hopefully open to play. Will it be a game of the year contender? It's kind of late in the year. Who knows? Who knows? I plan on getting that right after I think I finished Spider-Man. That's the goal. Because they're the same day, aren't they? I think so. I think, yeah, I think twentieth, right? But I still need that, to play no, Miles Morales. Chris, Chris, that surprises me because you were always there for a Mario game. I am always there for a Mario, uh, and I am for excited. Spider-Man. Don't get me wrong; I'm excited for this one, but it's just oh, I that I got you wrong. <laughs> You're wrong, bro. Some tells me I can get Spider-Man done and and feel good with it. You know, have like a long weekend. And I'll you be good. Feel good with Spider Man. I always feel good with Spider Man, man. But uh, are you gonna be uh, Mario Spider Man on your own? Hmm? Yeah. Huh? I was gonna pivot. I didn't know you were gonna talk, so now it's awkward. Yeah, I know. I had a delay in what you were saying. We, we got a plethora of problems here. I don't like that we've now said that word three times. <laughs> official I'm, word of the podcast i'm gonna have to go download the uh, sound effect from peewee whenever the uh, word of the day would go on at the playhouse and start pressing that when john says his word of the day i don't remember much about peewee's playhouse because it was lame as cuss word but hold on i gotta drop sean from you gotta delete sean from life <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but I do remember word of the day sounder. Mm. Uh, yeah. Now that we've awkwardly stopped. Now of our own volition. Truth. <laughs> it's your turn. I know. No, it's not. Didn't I just read eight? It's, it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, closed. Not of its own volition. Uh, volition games has announced that embracer group is closing the studio. Volition has was the developer behind the latest Saints Row reboot. Quote, this past June, Embracer Group announced a restructuring program to strengthen Embracer and maintain its position as a leader in the video game industry. As part of that program, they evaluated strategic and operational goals and made the difficult decision to close Volition effective immediately. To help our team, we are working to provide job assistance and help smooth the transition for our Volition family members. We thank our customers and fans around the world for all the love and support over the years. You will always be in our hearts. Chris, does this show you, does this decision to close Volition demonstrate to you that Embracer does or does not know what video games are? (laughs) It does show me that they were so... I. I, you know, when did they announce this is what pissed me off the most about it, right? Like, I get studios close. The fact that you literally waited till the day Starfield launched and with reviews and they knew where the news cycle was going to be and no one was going to see it because everyone's going to be talking about that all over the internet. That's what upset me about this more than anything um the rest of it just of course made me sad because you know i i I know saints row wasn't really good right as far as or well received last year but you know there are three other entries that series that i very much enjoyed so i would have loved to have seen them get another shot and and work it out and all that but again to your point this tells me embracer just thought couple of years ago oh hey let's buy everything and then all of a sudden the market changed in terms of like how much that costs to do when you're borrowing money to do these things and now they're paying a price for it because they're acting like a company way bigger than they actually were uh and it sucks that volition it like the it almost gets me as upset as when visceral games got closed by ea back in the day you know where you're just like this doesn't even feel fair because I know these studios can make good games <laughs> and you're just, you're, you're basically doing this to, to take care of a balance sheet right now. And you know, that sucks. That's the part of consolidation that everyone should always take in mind and be fearful of is that eventually if you're not profitable and someone needs to make financials look good, you can be on a chopping block in a heartbeat. Um, and that sucks. Sean, same question to you. Was this a good move or a bad move? Uh, I'm particularly interested, um, and and Chris sort of answered around it, so I think I get the gist of what he was saying. I extrapolated his answer. But it's like, it seems to me that Embracer really doesn't know what video games are. Yeah. And why, uh, and, and, and just from, from, from the decisions they've been making all the way up to this one, seems like a bonehead move to me. 
It, it, it kind of is. And I'll tell you, my brother, uh, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I talked my mom into getting him a Saints Row game when he was like 11. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have done that. But he became a fan of Saints Row, right? Uh, and when he saw this game, he was like, ugh. And I kind of, I don't know how to describe what I felt, but I knew right then that that wasn't going to be good for the game and possibly not for the people who make the game. Um, and then I, because of that, leading into today, uh, when I saw the news come out, I went and just kind of looked up kind of what happened. And I was surprised to see that I kind of agree with this one thing I found where it was like, what if, what if something like how Resident Evil did like remasters or, or just what if they would have done the remaster approach? Because those games have aged a little bit. And I was thinking about my brother and how old he is now. I think that would have been better than trying to just reimagine or reboot a franchise that, eh, I don't know. Well, one of the things about, one of the things that, that, that video game studios don't get enough training for is, is, um, PR training because one of the things, I mean, one of the, the reaction, the initial reaction to this game was not great. And what did this, what did the studio do? They pretty much kind of attacked the criticism and said, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Wait to play the game instead of putting it on a more positive front. It's like, it's like companies like this don't get enough PR training to understand how to handle that type of criticism and spin it into a positive. We right. take all, we take all feedback seriously. We appreciate your interest in this game. And we look, we really look forward to winning your trust when this game releases. It's like, it, it, it it's, it's, it's almost like when buzz Lightyear came out, uh, the, the Lightyear movie came out and somebody on car on the red carpet asked, uh, what's the guy's name? Chris, whatever Evans, Chris Evans, what do you think of people? Now I'm 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 coming to this from a neutral position. Okay, I'm just I'm being observant of the of of how it was handled. What do you? He, somebody asked Chris Evans, "What do you take about? What do you take as far as criticism of the lesbian character in the movie?" And Chris says, "I think those people are stupid." Now, what was that? Could be a serious opinion. And I can take that opinion seriously and even respect it. But from a PR standpoint, what should he have said? We look forward to people's, we hope people will come out and support the film and make up their own minds or something to that effect. Something that doesn't attack an entire group of people that had criticisms on, on a project. And that's what a lot, of, a lot of times these companies do. The part where Embracer doesn't seem to understand video games is this company has been around since the mid nineties. They've made some stellar games. Mm-hmm. It's like they look at a spreadsheet and they go, this didn't make money. Cut it. Instead of going more surgically, this didn't make money, but this is 30 years of talent. This is 30 years of experience in the video game industry. Something about this is valuable to, to, to Embracer. Like I can, th- uh, maybe there's four four companies, four studios, like there's Volition, there's Gunfire Games, there's Airship Syndicate, and Crystal Dynamics. Like those are the four that I'm really, uh, of those four, I would have been surprised last week that you told me that you cut one of them. And 
that's where I think this is a bunch of people that looks at numbers that sits in a boardroom that have never played a video game in their life or handling a company like this. Fair. So, you know, a, a lot of it has to do with embrace or not understanding what their product is. If you don't understand the business you're in, why are you in the business? But then studios needing to really learn not to attack not just fan bases, but potential fan bases. Instead of attacking them for not liking what your product seems to be showing, try to get them on board. Show interest in getting people on board rather than isolating people's opinions. Just because your ego is in this. Your heart is in this. You're making this thing and it's a part of you. It's really difficult when you're creating something that's a part of you not to take criticism well. I understand that, but you got to learn to do it. Ruth. If I can take hate mail about unions, then I'm, then you can too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while we're on the talk of the word volition, let's talk about PS plus games for September. Why not? Um, <laughs> funny enough, you're getting saints row for PS four and PS five. Uh, you're getting black desert traveler edition. That's going to be for PS four. And to round this off, I know there's not a really a lot of talk that we're going to give back and forth uh, generation zero on PS4. Chris. Uh, speaking of PlayStation plus guys, uh, Sony has announced that it will raise the price for all tiers of PlayStation plus subscriptions. Globally PlayStation plus essential will be going from 59 99 to 79 99 uh, plus extra is going from 99 to 134 99 and plus premium is going from 119.99 to 159.99. According to Sony, quote, the price adjustment will enable us to continue bringing high-quality games and value-added benefits to your PlayStation Plus subscription service. The price increase will occur on your next renewal date. Sean, I don't know what level you're subscribed hmm. to, but how do you feel about it? Initially, I wanted to be like Gaston in the animated movie or even the real movie of beauty and the beast and go with pitchforks and fire and go find the beast that was playstation that made this decision and then i calmed down a little bit and in my head i went tj money no not really i went currently i'm in the essential bundle because i just wanted to have online play so that's 20 more dollars mm -hmm. um the 34 35 dollars for the extra kind of worth it i kind of think the library is legit i'll never want to get the premium i just don't feel like the extra stuff you get is worth it that's my two cents um so then i thought about this and this was helped by my friend mike our friend mike i should say he goes hey man just remember that around like the holiday season uh think black friday shopping ish these things uh these things go on sale so you might get it at a discounted price one thing I wanted to add is I very recently, I think he's as of yesterday, I went to my PlayStation plus like thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if I wanted to renew right now, like what would happen? It's not updated yet on the console. So I know they're saying that the next renewal date, it'll, it'll be a thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm kind of not, I don't have to renew until like January. So hope I'm hoping to fall into one of those, those deals. Hmm. John, uh, 
what are you subscribed to? The highest one or the second highest one? The highest I got one? the highest one, yeah. And do you think you're going to keep that or do you see yourself dropping or changing now uh, despite that price increase? Well, I'm I'm reminding I'm reminded of certain things. When someone asks for your money, it's it's really good number 1 to know why they're why they're asking for essentially 30 bucks more of your money um what you're getting and i don't think playstation has even addressed that because there's probably nothing there but at some point when you're asking 30 dollars more maybe you should start considering uh even maybe just for the premium um making god of wars and last of us all the making spider-man free day one maybe they need need to start doing that now there are i've got this app that i've been using regularly where it's helping me count my calories Mm -hmm. and it says um for 30 uh I don't know for thirty nine ninety nine. I'm 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 going to get my math s- screwed up here, as you'll see in a second. For thirty nine ninety nine, you can unlock macros and water tracking and all this different stuff. Instead of just you tracking your calories, you get this plethora mm-hmm. of all this other stuff once you unlock it. Thirty nine dollars a year. That's a two ninety nine. It's I'm doing my math wrong, but that's a two ninety nine a month value. Okay. So what PlayStation's doing here is they're saying, pay us upfront a hundred and some odd dollars annually. So you do the math on that. That's $13.33 per month for the premium subscription. Game Pass Ultimate is $17 a month. Oh, I, I, you're not but, wrong. But, I, but what, I get but, it. But, 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 but psychologically... Mm-hmm. It's more difficult for you to throw 150 bucks at a company as opposed to throwing 13 bucks at a company per month. Because 160 bucks is 160 bucks in an instant in that moment is more expensive than dropping 13 bucks this month and then 13 bucks the next month. Dude. So if PlayStation would just wrap its concept around a subscription service the way Game Pass does, where they take they take 17 bucks out of your account every month, this would be an easier pill to swallow because people would see that they're still getting a cheaper service. You make a good point. Even though, that... even though you can make arguments that it's still not a better value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know your day one point, I think, is top tier. They need to start considering it. Yeah. I mean that would I mean that would I would think that would drive sales up for premium subscriptions. Yeah. Um but you know you, you talk Game Pass. I mean we go back to Game Pass at its height you've got what 25 million subscribers. At let's say mo- let's say most of them let's say 70% of them have the basic 9.99 a month. I mean that's 3 billion a year. Mhm. Now Xbox can sustain that model even if it doesn't make the money. PlayStation can't sustain that model because every project they put out, whether it's Spider-Man, Last of Us, um, 
pick your pick your franchise, God of War. We already know from news released this year that you're looking at two hundred million to three hundred million dollars per project, making three billion a year on subscription. You cannot sustain that model and make money doing it. At least PlayStation can't. I don't know about Xbox because I don't know that their budgets have exceeded it anywhere close to what Starfield would have cost. Mm-hmm. But this is all coming to a head, guys, really soon. And this retaliation is not so much I have to pay extra for PlayStation. It's I am so tired of the Netflix, the Peacock, the the the, the Game Pass, everything. everybody, every to Spotify, everything. Every, if I am just a mass consumer of multimedia, I'm paying 50 to 100% more than I would have spent by just having direct TV. And that's what's funny about this stuff. It's like now you get to now you get to just curate what you want. But it turns out that we were all fooled into thinking this would be a better world to just have subscription services for everything you could possibly want instead of paying direct TV 150 bucks a month. We're all we're all idiots. <laughs> yeah, we are. This like, is Chris, what we asked for. We asked I want to I want to add one tiny thing cuz I know you got some thoughts on it Chris and and I'm not trying to get out of order or anything like that. This I want to just add to John's point of how this is a little extra hard for us to swallow. And I'm I'm going way back. And if you if you track PlayStation it let me say this Xbox has always cost money to play games online. They started it that way, so it it feels okay. PlayStation went from zero dollars to play to like a regular little online subscription, and we were like, okay, cool. Xbox does it; it'll give us a better experience. Mm-hmm. And then they went to this essential versus this other thing, this other thing, and people started going, they just want our money. And now they've done this on top of it. It just it adds to the frustration that John's point of everything kind of coming to a head. I agree with, but for that, I'll I'll back off, digress a little bit, and let you say your two cents on it as well. I mean, I come to this as a guy who hasn't played uh, paid for PlayStation Plus in about two years, right? Because I just kind of like looked at it and I said the things that I want from PlayStation, I buy on day one like i'm going to buy spider-man 2 on day one i bought death stranding on day one and god of war right so that's not a big deal to me and it was also a thing of just i don't play primarily online games on console anymore really you know like the most online game i play is rocket league i played on paid on pc there's no reason for me to pay 59.99 let alone 79.99 um to you know to have that privilege i guess of being able to go on there and and have online gameplay i think the one that's probably the hardest pill to swallow is the playstation plus essential because you're talking like they all are going up 33 percent year over for your full year from where you were but if you're looking at from the playstation plus perspective as far as the lowest tier, I'm like, where are you getting for that? You're getting online play, you're getting cal- uh, cloud saves, and you're getting uh, your monthly releases. I I feel like there's got to be a give back if you want to, and, and I don't think they'll do this because they're in such a powerful position they don't, but it would be nice if there was a give back kind of like when 
if you remember like when xbox tried to the first time roll everyone off of uh off of uh games with gold or xbox gold to to game pass right and it blew up in their face like that give that they gave back where they were like okay fine we're just gonna go ahead and make it so that free to play games no longer require online requirements i think if you're gonna increase this it would be nice to see them do that like where you say okay for the kids who are just playing Fortnite or the kids who are just playing you know uh roblox or minecraft or whatever we don't you don't need or i'm sorry not minecraft but rocket league right you don't need to pay $79 a year because like if you're a parent, you're like, why you're paying 79 bucks a year just so that your kid can go online and play games because they don't care about any of this other stuff. Right? Like that's just the honest truth. Like the youth does not care about 90% of stuff. That's why the S can exist really is that it's like a Fortnite machine for the youth and Roblox machine for the youth um, versus us who need something a little bit more. So that's where I'm there. I would agree with John. Like they do, I mean, maybe not the the 134.99 version, but definitely maybe make like the the top tier start saying, okay, God of War comes out in November, right? And come 90 days later, if you're willing to wait, we'll put it on the highest tier and you can go there, right? Because you get your day one sales, and then you say for those person who's really willing to pay extra, here you go. You know, that might be the compromise that you find because I get it. Yeah. They're not charging as much as the top tier of game pass, but the thing is they are charging just about the same as much as game pass, right? Which does have that benefit of same day and date where you got to play tonight here at 8 PM, you know, you can start playing Starfield if you have game pass and you didn't want to buy all the upgrades or whatever. Uh, in a couple of weeks, you'll play Forza on day one, right? So maybe I don't know. Well, yeah. So that maybe that's the solution. I don't know. I don't have a dog in the fight, really. I just you know, companies. To your point, they're gonna try to figure out where to make their money, and this seems like the way you do it. You you know you have a really nice install base, and you're you're looking going Call of Duty's around the corner. Sure, would like to get a little bit more of playstation plus than what we were getting last year because that's just more money to us but but here's the thing essential is just it's so cuss word it's terrible yeah um and then when we like we pivoted to this story and you saw those like what was that games we get for free i mean it's like come Mm. on man don't do me like that but they're like ha cuss word you we're doing you like that so Mm. it is what it is true do we need to get the unions involved? Maybe we should skip it. Maybe we should skip it. <laughs> you nervous? Always nervous. Uh, SAG AFTRA SAG AFTRA is seeking a second strike. One targeted at major video game companies for how they treat their performers. SAG AFTRA is looking for quote an eleven percent retroactive increase in rates for video game performers. <laughs> followed by an increase of 4% and 4%. They are also seeking protections from the use and exploitation of AI. Quote, once again, artificial intelligence is, put, is putting our member members in jeopardy of reducing their opportunity to work. And once again, SAG-AFTRA is standing up to tyranny 
on behalf of its members. End quote. Chris, um, you're a fan of James Cameron. <laughs> I do like James Cameron. You like James Cameron. We talk about AI in a in a strictly taking people's job sense. Sure. I think they're I think they're undervaluing the damage <laughs> that AI can cause. So what is your take on this? I I think they're right to get ahead of this and and go ahead and press on it. Because uh, you're like you're already seeing AI kind of work its way into problems in other parts of video games, right? Like where there's machine learning being used to generate like random art and stuff like that that's being put into video games that artists have gone out and said that looks like something I've made that you pulled from, right? And then the AI just slightly twisted it. And I think like here for anyone, I know you're not on TikTok uh john but like sean i know you are and i know you're like me at some point you've probably had some parody of ex-celebrity or character from show singing a very popular song right and you go okay well if you can do those famous people well you probably use ai to casually just say we don't need to have a bunch of performances we just need to take a couple of samples and have the ai tweak it around so that now all of our npc voice actors are no longer needed because AI generated it for us. Right. So I get the fear from them, right? Like that's a fair fear to have that. It's not the biggest people. It's the people down here. that are just looking for the daily grunt voice work, right. That aren't making millions on millions of dollars, but just trying to get by, like that's a fair fear to have. So, you know, they're pushing this and I think it's going to be, I mean, some tells me, honestly, the industry, even if they do make concessions of some sort, they're still going to do it. <laughs> Someone's going to do it. <laughs> they're just going to hope no one can figure it out. But I don't know. We'll see. Sean, what do you think about this? I know that if I had the capability through AI to capture your voice and make it say anything I want, I would <laughs> listen to it. I would listen to it while falling asleep at night. Hmm. Your voice. Question. What does SAG AFTRA stand for? Well, it's short. It's shorthand for SAG, Screen Actors Guild, and I forget right. what AFTRA uh, specifically stands for. But when everybody's talking there's about SAG, the, they're uh, saying SAG AFTRA. They're, they're they're talking about SAG. The Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. What is the AFTRA? Either way, um, they just like it. To, they just like you saying an awkward word. Yes, I really, I don't know, man. I I feel like this, dude. Uh, we we should not take for granted the talent we have that that are that are voice actors. We just shouldn't. They they enhance they enhance the product. They enhance they enhance the experience. Uh, with that said, somebody will be like, "Hey, listen, like you just said to AI version of that person, mm-hmm. I won't be able to tell the difference, and that's scary." Yeah. So as far as we can navigate away from that, I'm all for that, and I hope that this gets uh, you know kind of settled because. I don't want another form of, of entertainment for me to get affected by people not getting their money. So also American Federation of television and radio artists. That's nice. what I learned. Today. Good, good, fine. Good, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I will never remember that. Yeah. Same <laughs> artists is the last day. <laughs> John, you love unions. How do you feel about this? Aside from the spicy language that they use, which goes with the territory like tyranny. Of yeah. Of any yeah. 
a little hyperbolic. Um, but I don't like the idea. I will support this effort 100% mm-hmm. because I think it's absolute. And look, maybe you can blame it on the Terminator. Maybe you can, maybe you could blame it on the matrix. Maybe, I mean, there's a movie coming out this summer about this summer. Summer's already gone. There's a movie coming out this fall about how AI runs amok and destroys the world. It's like, what, what do you just, what are these just movies to you? Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's them going, it's just a movie. I don't understand what people are doing. It's remarkable, but more down to earth. Let's I'll, I'll bring the tone down a little bit. It completely bothers me. The concept of using AI to get that voice in there and go, we no longer need you. Now we own your voice. If I'm understanding how it really goes. Mm. Now we have the technology to make, you know, Sylvester Stallone sound like Sylvester Stallone, which if there's, if there's one voice that AI can't capture, it's gotta be that one. So I'm with them on, on trying, I'm with them on the, on them trying to secure um, and, and, and freeze companies abilities to utilize AI in certain ways. I hope more of this happens in multiple facets and multiple industries across the freaking world. But, um, that's my take on it. I'll make an exception for the unions just this once. Remember John, James Cameron told you, he said, I warned you. (laughs) Hey, he was right about the subs, right? (laughs) Like he really does know about submarines. This is bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me. It reminds me of the time that uh, when nine eleven happened, they brought um, they brought Tom Tom Clancy was on the news all the time as a as an expert weighing in all this because he wrote some of all fears. Some of all fears, and. It's like the, it's like the, the, it's like Al Qaeda or bin Laden read that book and that's what they were trying to do. <laughs> it's like, but, uh, uh, we know what Astra now stands for, but what does DLC stand for? Oh, that's, that's not bad. I gotta be honest. It's pretty legit. Day. Uh, he's here all day and I love it. Uh, he, he's talking about the final fantasy DLC that was announced. Uh, Square Enix actually announced it uh, in regards to Final Fantasy 16, and that game will be getting two paid DLC expansions. In addition, uh, the PC port is currently in development. According to producer Naoki Yoshida, or as we know him, Yoshi P, as I mentioned earlier, we've seen many opinions and reactions from our community of Final Fantasy 16 players. But one thing that came through particularly strong was how people wanted to see more of uh, Valistia's story, Valistia's story. Sorry, I mispronounced that, I think. And spend more time with their inhabitants. I hope to be able to give you more information on both the upcoming DLC and the PC version before the end of the year. So please stay tuned. I have some ideas of what at least one of those DLC expansions will be because, you know, I platinum this game and everything. But boys, uh, let's go to John first. Do you have any? Uh, any say on these expansions or the game in general? I don't remember you playing it. I didn't play it. Mm-hmm. Would love to play it, but but uh, but Sean, the one thing I hate worse than anything is, and I know that the platinum is still there. You still got the platinum, but the platinum is oh. it, the effect of the platinum is ruined. tarnished. Yeah, 
when DLC comes out because they add trophies. That's that's for Spider-Man that I have a platinum. That's for Horizon Zero Dawn got the platinum. I mean, that, that's for Resident Evil Village I got the platinum. But all these things are tarnished because now there's DLC, DLC for all these things. Truth. So, yeah, I'm I'm still hoping... September, October, November. I've got four months <laughs> to put Final Fantasy on my game of the year list if it's gonna it's, be on the game of the year. It's so list. good. Chris Chris liked it, but it's not he he's not echelons like where it is for me. Well when Chris hates a game, it's a nine. We <laughs> Truth. know this. Truth. Know Speaking this. of nines, Chris, and what you gave this game, um, what do you think about these DLC expansions? Do you feel like picking it back up, going back or anything? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to see what kind of content they make. Like they, they did DLC, I believe, a lot of DLC, if I remember, for fifteen. Um yeah. and also Bro for game. and Final Fantasy Seven yeah. Remake. So I can't say I'm shocked. I m- my hope might be that if they do it right, maybe it comes out with the PC release. Which That'd be dope. W- which would probably help me. A little bit more because i think i would enjoy this a little bit more on pc just because i want the the performance mode version <laughs> of it and that was kind of one of the things that was holding me out I, I would like to see like maybe if there was going to be an idea the ability to go play as um some of the art people you travel with uh mainly with uh what's her name jill right in their name sean yes sorry yeah i was like stop got, looking at your got, phone <laughs> well it was funny and i say what i'm gonna say out loud sure um, sure my boss is texting me i am the but only. he's not he's it's a his, his name's also chris but he's yeah. not texting me about what you think he's sending me links to these nike uh air maxes that i want that have been sold out <laughs> so my attention if you've watched on twitch is i've been looking down at my phone looking up getting caught that's what's happening and I, he just sent me a link where it looks like somewhere in stock and i'm a little excited mm-hmm. um i will be buying this dlc and playing it uh just to add to the story because i need to see what's up because yeah jill is legit um and i just want to see how they spin it i'm yeah. not going to give any spoilers um but we have arrived to not only finally this week for this, ladies and gentlemen, this is probably the last thing you're going to hear from us this week, and we'll explain that in just a minute. But before we do that, Chris? Finally this week. This is finally this week. Uh, and the, Chris did a little head nod, and it made me chuckle. Chris has already told us he can't wait to buy this thing, so let's let's let him read this. <laughs> I'm so excited to say that Sony has announced that the PlayStation Portal will launch on November 15th with pre-orders available now. As previously reported, the device will retail for $199.99. Uh, the Portal does not work without a PS5, and no games will run exclusively on the handheld. This is merely a streaming tool letting players stream to this device for games and other applications. Uh, I'll just start us up to both of you. Uh, anyone drop their $200 yet? I have not, but since our last conversation, mm-hmm. I have realized that this could benefit me. Let me explain. Okay. When we go out of town, oftentimes I stuff the PS5 and 
a suitcase or a bag that I think is going to be big enough for it. And oftentimes that bag is not big enough for the PS5 because it's a monster, gigantic thing. In addition, as I will that suitcase that's got part of a PS5 sticking out of it to the car, I often carry a monitor, computer monitor, because when we get to the hotel room, that's I set up at the little desk area and that's how I play whatever I'm playing. I might not need to do that anymore. For vacation, I need to justify if spending $200 for the few times I go out of town a year is worth it. They at least have me intrigued now. I'll leave it there and I'll pivot to John. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm... uh, let me put it this way this makes me want to research what the backbone Mm -hmm. backbone has to offer and how it differentiates between this product so i can say at least this this product has got me wanting to spend money whether it's to give it to playstation portal or this this could also be a test case in some in some way of them putting putting out feelers on whether the handheld space is something they even need to bother tapping into in the future. Um, I don't know that that's the case per se, but it seems like they're going, well, let's see what happens with this device. Let's see if this shows, this demonstrates an interest in the convenience of a handheld. Because I know for the PlayStation Vita, you could do this with, PS4 games mm-hmm. being remote, like streamed onto that device. Um, so this, I mean, this could be sort of a, a a test case for what they do with the handheld market in the future if they even go there again. I think the thing looks cool. I think you know it's much more reasonable to spend two hundred dollars on this device than six hundred dollars on a VR headset. Well, you're poor. We talked about that last, well, we thought about we talked about your poorness last week and how it whatever. I'm um, poor. I'm poor. My wife's not. I'm poor. Don't you talk about me. I'll fight you. <laughs> uh, it's like, have you seen that meme of the uh, of, it's I think it's uh, Waititi uh, directing Kate Blanchett in her in her he- uh, Hera outfit and like she's towering over him. And yeah. he's holding up like a, a, a an iPad. And what the meme says is me explaining to my executive power wife what mm-hmm. Lego said I want next. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I uh, I just wish this device just Bluetooth paired to the PS5 and didn't need internet. So I could put in Spider-Man if I wanted to. Who cares if I got internet? I could just play Spider-Man on this thing. What does internet. it matter if if with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, you still need the console. Well, I, I'm saying I'll still bring the console. For me, I was saying I don't have to bring the monitor anymore, right? So it still oh. it still works for me. But the caveat of needing the internet for it to work really, really chaps me up in wrong places. So like, that's why I'm be, not going to... Would you be down I'm, for a device that you could download the game onto the oh, system? From, yes. I, like one, one game and just take it on the go with you. Yeah, I think so. Uh I got down with the the PlayStation handhelds and everything like that. So it is what it is. Uh, Chris, did you want to add any thoughts before we wrapped up? And I know that may come of surprise to anybody who's listening, but uh, right before he won, he, uh, we talked about 
where am I at? About finally this week, I said this is probably be the last thing you hear from us, and that's because, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we do see emails in the email. We're going to bypass those for this week with the holiday. We we got some stuff we need to take care of tonight that got pushed back. So shout out to Alejandro, Thomas, Ben, Jack, and Jennifer. We see you, and we're going to catch up with you guys next week. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 417 of Weekly Games Chat. Uh, just a reminder, wherever you get your podcast, please leave a review for us so other people like yourselves can find us. It helps grow our community. Uh, normally, I would tell you that if you wanted to send an email, you can do so to weeklygameschat at gmail.com. That is our official inbox. Uh, we have a Twitter. We're at Weekly Games Chat on Twitter. And of course, our Discord community that community we bring up every week. Lastly, on Twitch.tv, you can watch this thing be recorded every week. Just search for Weekly Games Chat. Boom. Here we are. We even have video on demand if you want to see old stuff. Uh, with that all said and done, my name is Sean, and I'll pivot to John and Chris and tell them both that I love them and to game on Chris and game on John. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, Chris. Game on, Sean. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Tug life.